welcome to the McYap and Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> no, the, your, your MP3 hasn't just broken. <laughs> I've had <laughs> enough. <laughs> I've had enough of you. Uh, just introducing myself, that's just... You know, that's that's proven to be just enough. Three years! <laughs> Three years, man. It's been too long. Uh, this is a movie review podcast, a movie news podcast, in case you haven't heard us before. Yep, um, so we'll be uh, giving you a whole bunch of movie news. There's a fair bit of stuff that's been happening. And it's going to be a pretty uh, review-heavy show, this uh, this particular edition. What will he be reviewing, Gavin? Well, I'll be reviewing uh, Captain America, along with you, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fortunate enough to catch uh, a press screening of uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, so Excellent. I'll be reviewing that. And I'll do, some, I'll do a couple of really quick reviews of uh, Insidious and uh, Take Me Home Tonight. Cool. Uh, I'll also be reviewing Captain America. I'll also be reviewing Hannah and Harry Potter and The Deathly Hallows. Excellent. And uh, if any of you have any questions, you can email us at podcast at mcyappenfries.com. Or you can ask us some questions on Twitter. Yep. If you go to the website where you get the podcast, um, you'll see there's a little box on the right-hand side, which is our Twitter feed, so you can just respond to either of us, and we'll probably ignore it for a while, and maybe on the third time pick it up and answer. Actually, he's lying. We won't ignore it at all, because mm. no one ever writes to us. Oh, we got something! <laughs> we got a question! We got something! <laughs> we got a blue envelope! It'll be like... <laughs> whoever whoever, whoever uh, asks us a question is going to be like Lee from Tenacious D. Mm-hmm. We're just going to like fucking hound the guy. <laughs> Lee! Well, our other Lee didn't email us this week, so fuck that guy. Oh, yeah. No, he's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Should we start off with the San Diego Comic-Con was last, on last week? Yes, it was. And we weren't fucking there. No, we weren't, unfortunately. Yeah. I'll and be- someone went as Galactus this year. <laughs> but it was a chick and her outfit was terrible but I can't do that the next time we go now why not because it's been done man dude every costume's been fucking done I've never seen a Galactus done before look there were a whole bunch of Galactuses there last last year where because of the hat yeah but that was the hat that wasn't yeah. a full on awesome Galactus one there have been there and I'll have, have a giant I'll have a cake shaped like Earth I, I know I've seen like a picture of somewhere of someone wearing a Galactus outfit somewhere right. it's not that you know I mean <laughs> Coming at you live! <laughs> Where all sorts of shit will and yeah, will happen. Yeah, so we didn't get to do Comic Con this year, and I still haven't edited together the footage from last year's Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, so probably just as well that we didn't get to go. Yeah. Uh, but no, there were a couple of interesting things. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, Steven Spielberg really blew audiences away with the footage from Tintin, mm-hmm. which I'm very happy to hear about because um, I, I think I've been. I think I've said this quite a few times, is that it's kind of annoying that Tintin doesn't seem to be getting a fair handshake. You know, people just seem to be wanting to poke holes in it just for the hell of it. And uh, from what I understand, the footage went down a treat. Yeah. I mean, I think it was also, some of it was a lot more dynamic or something they were saying, or it was a lot of, it didn't seem cut off, uh, locked off like a lot of animated movies do. It yeah. seemed to be quite like Spielberg was talking about moving the camera around, the yeah. similar rig to... Well, it was Cameron's rig that he used for Avatar, right? So it's moving the camera through the space, and he has that he has that gadget that he can hold up and see. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like a window into a virtual world kind of thing, yeah. which is just awesome. It's great, and also he uh, confirmed what the trailers have been kind of suggesting is that this is his return to Raiders of the Lost Ark territory. Uh-huh. Like the way the, the just the the sense of enjoyment and the, the sheer joy of filmmaking and the kind of thing that you know comes out of the screen, mm. and especially in the international trailer, you really got a sense of that that this is an adventure. And uh, it's it's I'm really happy to hear that the uh, footage went well. And Peter Jackson turned up as well. Yeah. Uh, following a little clip where he had done a test for uh, Snowy. Oh really? He yeah. did the test. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, he he played Captain Haddock. Yeah. And uh, but uh, because 
it, this was part of a test for Snowy that Spielberg was asking Weta is like, do we use a real dog and then manipulate that shit, or do we is, is that created from scratch? Yeah, created from scratch. So Weta being Weta is like, fuck that shit. We create the shit from scratch, and so well, Weta being it was Richard. What's his name? Taylor. Probably Richard Taylor, and he probably said. We will uh, we were asked to do the tin, tin, tin snowy uh, effect, so we and so we decided scratch. to do it from from scratch. He's not, he's not been in a single one, so I mean, he was in one of the the blogisodes yeah, uh, from yeah. the Hobbit. He's been a little light, I think. But I mean, he has the most awesome job in the world, but he has the most boring voice in the universe. I know. He <laughs> he sounds like he's just he, he sounds like his life is just shit. Yeah. <laughs> unless he, I mean, it can't be unless he's actually drawing the elvish on each of the arrows I would, himself. I would, I would love to see him like on coke, just, just to see. You know, <laughs> down the pub on a Friday afternoon after they've knocked off, he's probably like, "You fucking, <laughs> you'd all fucking drown without me, <laughs> Peter fucking Jackson. You'd be nothing. <laughs> I've stuck with you since bad taste. You can't. Has he? Uh, Richard Taylor, I think. Um, not sure if it was. I think it was bad taste actually. Really? I think they've been together like. PJ looks after his mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was bad taste. I mean, I could be wrong, mm. but it was. Um, He's definitely been with him for quite a long time. Fuck. If it wasn't, if it wasn't uh, bad taste, it could very easily have been, you know, uh, dead alive. You mean brain dead? Dead alive. <laughs> yes, brain dead. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that so uh, that that that, that, that apparently went very None well. of that footage, unfortunately, is online, so we can't. Show, we won't be putting any of that in the podcast. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man footage, um, from what I understand, looks pretty good, but a lot of people didn't like the lizard. Yeah. There were a lot of complaints about how uh, the lizard looks. It's like it's a little too CG. From what I've heard, he looks like Killer Croc. Yeah. Like he's got a short snout yeah. and he's kind of scaly and stuff. Um, but Andrew Garfield won people over because he went up there dressed up as Spider-Man and like read this really sort of sincere letter. He, yeah, he came up dressed in a really... Sh- I think I actually had that crappy Spider-Man outfit when I was a kid. I had it too. It's like it's one of the cheapest, crappiest looking yeah. Spider-Man outfits you can get. But when but when you're eight, you you feel like you can climb walls. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> no, it, it's ridiculous. I watched um, I watched it, and he was rather sweet because I mean, you, you said he was acting, but like he was hesitant. He was reading from letter. And he was totally like, I want to be my first appearance at Comic Con to be amongst the fans, like not up on the stage because he actually mm-hmm. ran up to the mic where they have questions, but it was beforehand. It was obviously yeah. set up. Yeah, yeah, but. And he had the mask on, and he was talking a bit about it, looks by a mask, and he took the mask off, and everyone was whooping and hollering. And he was in full on uh, his actual native language, uh, native accent, which was mm-hmm. c- cool as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he was like, mm-hmm. when I was a skinny little kid. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and right. it was just sweet. It's fucking, like, he, he won, they won Comic Con, as far as I can tell, with that, or he won, he won it personally with that, um, that speech. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus. Uh, not many people seem to think that he was full of shit. No. I don't necessarily think that he was full of shit. It's just that everything feels staged, you know? And, uh, I mean, and he's a good actor. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So it's like, I mean, it, it could have very well have been, sin- been sincere. My whole thing is that, is that it's just, it's staged. You know that he didn't just decide to go and line up. Well, the one thing... It, the- is, it is staged. Yeah. And, you know, and the cynical part of me is like, well... Obviously, you're, go- you're not going to want to come across as a dick. Yeah. And you are a good actor, and so... Because apparently there was some panel that uh, Val Kelmo was on and he didn't even talk. Was this Twixt? Yes, I think it was Twixt. He just sat there. Because everyone was just asking, it's Coppola, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was just asking about The Godfather, and just Val Kilmer just sat there. <laughs> Which Val Kilmer likes doing. Yeah. He likes to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. He, he has been sitting down quite a bit. <laughs> While he's, working. Ma- he's made good friends with, a few qu- with, uh, with his couch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ben and Jerry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
The, uh, the most thing, likely to be eating ice cream right at this very moment. The one thing that was on stage was where the guy playing the lizard race events got citizens arrested. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. He, he was uh, in the comic. He was in the panel or getting in the backstage area, and he went outside for a smoke because you can't smoke in there. Yeah, uh, that was hell for you last year, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't leave the hall because <laughs> we'd lose our seats. Yeah, it was but, uh, it was unfortunate because we wanted to watch Tron, which was at the, right at the beginning, and we wanted to stick around for Scott Pilgrim, which, which was right the at the end. end. When we when we got out of Hall H at the end of the day, we, I was like, no, blinking, blinking into the sunlight. Ah, ah. I'm gonna die. For I have seen the sky. I need beer. <laughs> I need sustenance. Yeah, because those nachos and pizzas just get that pizza you. away from me. <laughs> but uh, actually, I, actually, the the Comic Con trip was it it nearly killed me. It, it, <laughs> the it, amount of crap we it, ate. It felt like, I felt like fucking Morgan Spurlock at the end of Super Size Me, you know? <laughs> we were only four days. When we got back, I was just like, I, I, I need to drink nothing but water for a month. <laughs> I, my piss smells like beer. <laughs> <laughs> and nachos. <laughs> and nachos. And dough. <laughs> <laughs> and hot pockets. <laughs> That are quite hot all the way through. And microwave nuggets. <laughs> it's good times. Good times. Good times. They were good times. That one time? Yeah, man. But yeah, so Riz Evans went outside for a smoke. Apparently it's a bit jarred. Yeah. And when they went when it, when he, they were letting him back in, he had to pass, but they wouldn't let his entourage in. I'm surprised. A lot of uh, sites are saying, like, why does he have why an does, entourage? Why does, why does Riz Evans need an entourage? Well, you know, he's uh, Eyeball Paul. He's Eyeball Paul. <laughs> so he got a bit uh, shirty. He pushed somebody. Yeah. They let him in eventually, but after he did the panel, the woman he pushed did a citizen's arrest. Yeah, and apparently, like, he was talking shit about America. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm never coming back here again. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're in Notting Hill. Leave it out. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. I mean, in in true true style, man. Yeah, that's that's Eyeball Pauling it. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> If only he was wearing a wetsuit at the time, it would be the pièce de résistance. <laughs> and uh, also, Robert Pattinson's uh, hair haircut got a lot of press as well. Oh, I didn't see saying this. Saying that it was quite possibly the worst haircut ever. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw a picture of him. He looked like a prat. <laughs> didn't he? And and you know, and K Kristen Stewart does she even have teeth? I don't know. It's like it's like she always looks so fucking miserable. I know that this is like <laughs> I know this is nothing new. You know, she, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. Look, she's been miserable ever since Panic Room. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't expect she was to born change. miserable. <laughs> but we didn't we didn't I don't think we talked about the Spider Man trailer last week. She didn't even smile and catch that kid. What? <laughs> she was in Catch That Kid. Oh, yeah. What's Catch That Kid? Uh, it was like a female version of the Double O Kid. What's the Double O Kid? And that's like a, a Agent Cody Banks. That's like a Corey Haim version of Agent Cody Banks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know too much. Uh, speaking of Twilight, did you hear that uh, IDW Publishing were um, they had some advertising stuff up and it was Sparkles for Vampires, or spa Sparkles for Blood. So if you handed in a copy of Twilight, they'd give you a free uh, copy of Thirty Days a Night. Oh really? Yeah. Excellent. I didn't hear about that. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's genius. But um, the Spider-Man trailer came out last week as well. So yes, it did. It did. It did. What did you think? Um, I'll put a link up to it. Uh, I thought it was a decent looking trailer. My whole thing is is that I just think it's too soon. Yeah. I don't want to see another uh, fucking origin story. Mm. I, don't, I, I know where Sp Spider-Man comes from. Everyone knows how Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man. Yeah. It almost, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like we're doing the origin story just because we have to fit in like uh, our version of how he gets the fucking web shooters. I mean, it and seems all. to be like, uh, you know, there's him playing, there's photos of him playing basketball and I think it's Flash, it looks like Flash Thompson. Yeah, it, like, yeah, yeah, it could yeah. be Flash Thompson. Yeah. And like, yeah. It, it, it's that's, that, that, that's that still that looks like they're remaking Teen Wolf. Yeah, 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 we're just playing <laughs> basketball. 
But um, they had the, there's a shot they have which is a rip off of a video game called Ramirez Edge, which is first person and you run through it. And actually, yeah. they did a side by side comparison. Yeah. Because it's like in that game, you're you're not just like running around shooting. You actually have to be you're parkouring. Mm-hmm. So you slide under things and stuff like that. And someone did a side by side comparison. They're almost identical. The trailers. Yeah, I, I mean, like I didn't, I wasn't too crazy about the whole first person Spidey. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are parts of it that that kind of work. Like I love the bit where, like, when you act, when he actually goes towards the mirror and then you see it's him. And he's skinny. That, yeah. He's so skinny. That was cool. No, I mean, what I do like about it is that it looks compared to the Sam Raimi pictures. This one looks a lot more Steve Ditko. Yeah. And I like that. Like I like Andrew Garfield's look for Peter Parker a lot better than Tobey Maguire's. Mm. I think it fits it. He's gangly. My yeah, but my whole issue with this Tobey entire Maguire thing. Is short, right? Hmm? Tobey Maguire is short, right? Relatively. Um, um yeah, relatively. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how tall he is. Yeah. Let's let's check it out. Cuz Andrew Garfield <laughs> is pretty tall. Yeah, he does look. He looks tall and gangly, which is how Peter Parker should look. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do like about it. It does look like they're taking it seriously, and it does look like um, the casting casting works. Yeah. Uh, my big problem with it is that I just can't be fucked to see this movie again. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this movie so many times. It's like, you know, can, can we just move uh, move along with it? We all. I I seriously think that you could keep everything that they've done, which includes the homemade web shooters. Yeah. And all that, and without showing Free credit sequence. Yeah. yeah. Just get it all sorted. And jump into it. But it's like they've, they've gone back. So I They've mean, gone back. And that kind of bugs me. Because no. I feel like I'm paying to see the same movie over and over and over again. Yeah. And that kind of bugs me. Why don't they make Spider-Man 2099? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Why not just make Spider-Man 4? Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? I want to see the one where he, he like, what is it? The, he mutates and he ends up getting like arm. What was it? The man spider, is it? Hmm? Was it he became man spider yeah, yeah, for a yeah, while? Yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that? Or? Something. Yeah. Give me something, man! Put Give me black, something! Get, get Black Cat in there. Fucking do that fucking uh, Indian Spider-Man that they did a while yes. back, you know? <laughs> get fucking, you know, what's his name? Dev Patel. <laughs> Dev he Patel. would be awesome. He would be an awesome Spider-Man. <laughs> He'd be an awesome Indian Spider-Man. <laughs> I've got you in my web. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to phone a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Frida! <laughs> What's the guy? And Frida can uh, be fucking Mary, Mary Jane Kumar. What's the guy? Peter Kumar. Peter Kumar. Peter Kumar. He works for the, the, the Indian Bugle. <laughs> I am Peter. I am Peter Kumar. I'm. <laughs> this is my love, Gwen George. Uh, and this is. <laughs> and Goddess Jonah Jameson. Mary, Mary Jane George. <laughs> I'm going to hell. Yeah, it could uh, work. Though. And the Fringe panel also went down a treat. They yeah, had, the TV um, show Fringe. Uh, for, yeah, for those of you who are not watching Fringe, please start watching it. It yeah. is one of the best TV things on TV. So as a result, it's going to be cancelled in a year or two. <laughs> well, I it's mean, on Fox. It's, <laughs> well, to be honest with you, it it by all they could have not given them a fourth season, and it would have made total sense. Yeah, because the third season, as brilliant as it was, it it wasn't doing well. Mm. It didn't do that well. Well, they moved it to the Friday night. That's like yeah, but even it did all right for a few, right? It did all right for like the first three weeks. Because uh, its audience is us, and if we were living in the US, we'd be drunk every Friday night, so yeah, we wouldn't much. be watching TV. <laughs> no. That's why like uh, Joshua Jackson actually went on record as like, you d- you guys, we know you love the show, but you need to stop downloading the shit <laughs> and, watch, and it watch, it, watch it live, otherwise there won't be any more. <laughs> he actually like went on record and said this. Really? He's like, stop stop downloading the fucking show. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, it was last year. We missed him last year when he was walking around with the Pacey Con. Yeah, 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 yeah. Genius. Was, that was yeah. genius. If you haven't seen if you haven't seen Joshua Jackson's Pacey Con, you should check that out. It's yeah. funny as fuck. Yeah. I recently... Uh, because I'm, I am a huge Dawson's Creek fan. Oh no! I recently went back and watched like the top twenty moments of Dawson's Creek pa- between Pacey and Joey on YouTube. Oh fuck! I know. 
How many of them start with a... I don't want to wait. Have you seen that picture of, of James Van Der Beek? Just cr like that photo that's know, online everywhere. I know, I It's know. like you make, you make Van Der Beek cry. <laughs> James Van Der Beek doesn't cry attractively. Whenever, like, I remember, like, this one bit where, like, Joey, like, just says something really cold to him and turns away, and he's, like, acting all strong while she's there, and then as soon as she turns away, he starts crying, and he looks like a little bitch. <laughs> you just want to beat the shit out of him. You, and, you, and apparently, James Vanderbeek and Joshua Jackson did not get along at really? all. Really? Like, they, they, they didn't get along at all, because James Vanderbeek liked Katie Holmes. Oh, really? And, like, Joshua Jackson was doing her. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, apparently, they didn't get along very well at all, and, like, Katie Holmes actually had to stop them from beating each other up Fuck. a couple of times. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Pacey beats the shit out of Dawson. <laughs> I can imagine that happening, but it's just like I just I, whenever I see that whenever I see that fight in my head, Pacey he's like he's like a deaf guy. He's like retard strong. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or he uses objects he shouldn't, like picks up a not a like a toaster and hits him in the face. But yeah, Vanderbeek like, Vanderbeek's like, fighting Kane, but Pacey goes dirty. I always imagine Pacey to fight like Cameron Diaz's brother in some in something about Mary. <laughs> for some strange reason, I always imagine Pacey. If, but only if he fights Dawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Pacey in a, in a regular fight, he'll fight like a normal guy. Yeah, yeah. But if he fights Dawson, he's like he's got to beat Dawson down. Like, yeah, just like Hulk out on the fucking... <laughs> the slow mo shot. Did we talk about? Did we talk about before the the Kesha video with James Van Der Beek? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. James Van Der Douche. <laughs> she actually calls on that to his face, and he's like, "Oh, hey there, K dollar sign Sha." Whatever. It's fucked up. It's like I always used to say, maybe Dawson's Creek, but it's Pacey's show. <laughs> <laughs> Pacey nailed everyone in that show. The fucking English teacher, fucking oh, yeah. Michelle Williams, uh, Joey, uh, Andy. Every time you say Joey, I keep thinking Joey from Friends. <laughs> I forgot that was her name. How you doing? Yes. <laughs> How you doing, Dawson? <laughs> How you doing, Dawson? Joey Potter. <laughs> Pacey Witter, Dawson's Creek, <laughs> Joey Potter. I can't remember Michelle Williams. Uh, her name was Jen, but I can't remember what her last name was. Shrew. Jen lives with Grandma. Was it Grandma or Gramps? Gramps. 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 Enough Dawson's Creek already. Yeah, but anyway, like uh, we got onto this subject because of Joshua Jackson. Yeah. Um, uh, there's watch Fringe. If, yeah, if for those of you um, who are not familiar with it, watch it. For those of you who are familiar with it, uh, and you know what happened at the end of season three, there's the, there, there was uh, some interesting stuff that happened at the Fringe panel, including um, an audition video uh, that you can that that you can. It's on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, just type in Peter Bishop auditions, and it's all of these um, celebrities. Uh, well, different different people from the J.J. Abrams universe. Yeah. From the J.J. Abramsverse. I like Greg Grunberg. He actually just is wearing the same clothes he wears in every role he wears. which is yeah. just, just, He must have a wardrobe full of black shirts and jackets. He's like, look, I'm J.J.'s best friend. This is a technicality. I'm already in it, right? Yeah. I've already got the part. But it's uh, it's pretty cool. And it does, and it ends with uh, Joshua Jackson auditioning for another very famous fringe character, if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. So check it out. And uh, Joshua Jackson did make a surprise appearance. He wasn't supposed to appear uh, mm -hmm. at the Comic-Con, but then he made a surprise appearance. Cool. Oh, did you hear the thing as well? Every year they talk about, like Peter Jackson talks about going as Stormtroopers, and we were looking out for slightly Toby Stormtroopers last year. Yeah. Because yeah. famous people can't walk the floor. They can't. They because can. they would just be mobbed and like there's fire marshals everywhere and they're like Nazis over there. Like, they yeah. Gestapo. They, if there's anything that's going to cause a crowd or like that, they kind of shut it down. Apparently, uh, some, I'm not sure if it was Rolling Stone or some wired journalist was pacing the floor dressed as Bert. Yeah, and he put it on Twitter. By the way, Twitter. If you saw me yesterday, if you saw, if you took photos with Bert and Ernie, who we were walking the floor yesterday, I was Bert. Ernie was Justin Timberlake. 
<laughs> Excellent. That's just fuck. Yeah, 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 I know. It, but it's pretty crazy. I mean, like I heard that like um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, she she gets dressed up and goes to the con quite yeah. a bit. But uh, like walks around, uh, like my, maybe those Hawaiian stormtroopers. My, were. My, Michael Sarah was walking around uh, the floor all the time throughout the entire con last year with a fucking gorilla mask on his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He went and checked out the line to the Scott Pilgrim experience. Like, <laughs> went asking people about it in a fucking <laughs> Fuck! I think I, I saw know, that guy. Yeah, it was crazy. It's insane. Um, other, well, speaking of Timberlake, did you see the trailer that was released for In Time? Hmm? In Time. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. This looks really good. So this I've is heard it. Timberlake and Amanda Siegfried were there. Siegfried. 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 I thought it's Siegfried. It's like Siegfried in the Nibelung ring. I thought it's Siegfried. Siegfried. She looks like a Siegfried. <laughs> I don't like her. She's got a weird face. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with your face? It's like her eyes are like trying to run away she from each other. She looks a bit like a Muppet. Like, like, like ping pong balls yeah, yeah, on the side like of her, her head. Eyes, her eyes look like they're trying to escape each other. She's got googly eyes. Go, yeah, it's just weird. Also, when she moves her head, the pupil move independently. <laughs> I know, but uh, this movie is like everyone in the world. The trailer is pretty kick-ass. Everyone, in, uh, you, you get you, you live to twenty-five, and from that point, your body stops aging, mm -hmm. and everyone has a clock implanted on them, which counts down the number of years, months, days, and, every, and minutes and seconds you have. Mm -hmm. And you do your jobs, and you get paid in hours, months, minutes. Mm -hmm. So like the scenes, I'm like, how much for a cup of coffee? It's like four minutes. Like four minutes. It was three minutes yesterday, and like Justin Timberlake's like, I, I wish for once I could wake up and have more. Uh, more time left than I do hours in the day because it's like you wait you know they're basically <laughs> they're basically living hand to mouth you know mm -hmm. he's like he wakes up in the morning he's got 23 hours he's got to do a day's worth of work to get another day's work mm -hmm. and um, you know that TV show White Collar uh, I've heard of it I haven't seen it well, the guy in that he turns up he's a guy with a cent uh, he has a century mm -hmm. and um, Timberlake gets involved with him and your man transfers you can transfer them so yeah. looking, you can mug someone else's time. I have good things about this. This is uh, directed by Andrew Nichol, who directed one of my favorite science fiction films, Gattaca. Mm. I'm a big fan of Gattaca, and he wrote The Truman Show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, the last thing he did, I believe, was Lord of War. That was the last film. Was that the last film he did? Lord Nicolas of Cage? War? No, uh, yeah, Andrew Nichol and Ethan Hawke. Hmm. Andrew Nichol, I think that was the last film he did. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, but so no, he's uh, he's uh, he's pretty good. But this looks pretty. So uh, Timberlake gets some time off your man, and he's like, "What's he going to do with all this time?" And you, you move into another area of the city, and it turns out that there's loads of rich people there who are living with centuries. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, not everyone actually. You know, if, if everyone lived forever, there'd be a population explosion. Yeah. So he starts using his time to kind of beat, beat the system. Right. And right. Amanda Siegfried is the daughter of a, a rich person. She doesn't work at all. She's just getting like poor people's fucking time while they're dying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it does, great look concept, great look. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, once uh, Timberlake moves up in the world, he's all cool suits. And that looks a bit like the Adjustment Bureau, a lot of running around in sharply tailored suits. <coughs> um, but it does look very cool. And like, <laughs> where is it now? There is, <laughs> when you see the, you know the way when you, the, the YouTube or the YouTube or the Facebook, you know, you see videos online, they're usually, they're frozen on a panel somewhere, chosen at random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The panel for this just is like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's doing with his hand, but it's like I'll put up this picture. That does look pretty funny. <laughs> That's great, right? It looks like a music video. Yeah. That's the problem. With, I'm bringing sexy back. That's the problem with Justin Timberlake. With Justin Timberlake's movie career, his his stills. The, like the production stills, it's in sync it all looks like the, and all because he's like fucking dressed up which then he's he's always looked smooth anyway in all of his fucking videos yeah, yeah. it looks like a still from a music video it's just so bizarre he's got a gun you know it's like oh it's it's a gangster where's video. Lance Bass <laughs> probably sucking someone's dick <laughs> he's sucking off Al Pacino <laughs>
bringing it back, you mentioned TV news there. Bringing it back to TV news, uh, Comic Con also debuted some footage from the return of Beavis and Butthead. Yes. This, this looks, is awesome. This looks great. This looks great. It really, it they, they showed some footage where they have some of the plot stuff that they always have, but also they're bringing back the Beavis and Butthead sitting on the couch talking Just about talking TV. shit about TV. And it looks like even the animation is the same. It's exactly the same. Or and, it's either exactly the same or it's exactly the same as we picture in our memories. Because when you, I have actually seen some of the old ones mm -hmm. relatively recently, and that is, you know, it degrades. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like you remember it looking. And, uh,. You know, you don't realize just how much you've missed these two characters. Mm. Um, uh, this is the most welcome return to animation in recent years. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for this new show. But yeah, uh, highly the, recommend you check this shit out. The, it's five minutes. It's yeah. five minutes of pure fucking hysterical laughter. So they've moved on with their cultural references. They're now taking the piss out of the Jersey Shore. or the, Deservedly so. I think they're going to do the real, the, the real, was it the real wise of everyone the in the, Everyone shit. in the Jersey Shore, they, ha they must be like legally retarded. Yeah, yeah. They must be fucking stupid. Yeah. And they're all millionaires. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What the fuck is going on? It's a crazy world. Up is down. Black is white, man. But the, I mean, it, it is a good trailer to show off with because it even it's, it's cornholio. It's <laughs> to have cornholio as your opening is. Are you threatening me? Are you threatening me? I am cornholio. I need more tippy. Me tippy for my cornholio. Or even just when he's walking, yeah. they give him drugs. He's just walking. <laughs> 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 that was cool. No, that was cool. I have seen the mountain, and it is very good. I can't wait for this comeback. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> you said there was an awful lot of stuff as well. It looks like uh, Total Recall was this year's Green Hornet with regards to the placement of the car. Yeah, they had a hover car there. Yeah, and I, I also heard that um, it looks very generic. Like they showed really? footage, and it looks it looks like a like your regular slick action. Well, apparently he doesn't get his ass to Mars. No. It's not Mars. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, uh, I mean, I suppose can, I, can, I should reserve judgment until I see any footage. But, but then again, Len Wiseman. Len Wiseman. <laughs> Underworld. Yeah. <laughs> Live free or die hard. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually, I mean, I didn't mind Live Free or I Die Hard. I should have watched it. I didn't mind it actually. I mean, the only th the thing that really bugged me about that movie was that it was PG thirteen. Yes. Yeah, In yeah, terms yeah. of you know, like John John McClane's got to be able to say fuck. Mm. You know. Even even the even the Yippie motherfucker was cheated. Yeah. You know how they did it. Huh? It was like you know it was like on a gunshot. So so it was like Yippie mother. You know like. Oh, in the in Die Hard Four, you know, and I'm gonna say Die Hard Four. Live Die was just too fucking long. Die Hard Four Point Zero. Did you did you ever read Kevin Smith's diaries where he's talking about the experience of making Bruce Willis making Die Hard Four with Bruce Willis? No. And how like. Apparently, I mean, because we all know that they didn't get along in Cop Out, yeah. but they did get along in Die Hard 4. Oh. Uh, and apparently, like, Bruce Willis would walk into the trailer, uh, Ke like, where Kevin Smith is at, and he's like, yeah, man, we're going to do this movie, it's going to be awesome, and it's going and, and it's, and it's to be live free or die hard. Yeah. He would, like, throw, throw the, the movie title into random conversation. <laughs> you know, it's like, this guy's making this movie, and this movie's going to be live free or die hard. You know, it's like... <laughs> Glenn Wiseman would walk in. I'll, I'll have the uh, the pasta, and that pasta is gonna live free or die hard. Yeah, he would just throw the title into random conversation. I'm Bruce Willis, and this year I'm gonna live free or die hard. <laughs> Apparently, when uh, when Robert Rodriguez called uh, Bruce Willis up and said like we, for for Planet Terror, mm -hmm. and he's like, we want you to play this guy. We want you to play. We want you to play this guy. He's a badass. He he's, he kills Bin Laden, and then then Bruce Willis apparently said, "Who better?" <laughs> Dick. 
I also saw that uh, Kevin Smith, um, you know, there is a, a set of clerks, trainers, or sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Smith was hawking uh, shoes with his face in the sole. Kevin Smith is just losing it. He's, he's lost be- it. He's become a t- totally different beast in the last couple of years. Yeah. Ever since Cop Out got a thrashing. Yeah. He seemed, for some strange reason, he seemed to take that very personally. Yeah. The, the fact that Cop Out got a thrashing. Well, he should because it was a seeming part of dog shit. You, you should, I mean, like, it, we, you know, when everyone is telling you the movie's bad, you should take that as a hint. Yeah. You know, it's not to say that it was 50-50, like, you, you know, like, I don't see anyone like uh, fucking lining up outside the cinema like in protest saying that the critics are wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wasn't a good movie. I saw it on a plane and I was bored. That's a horrible sign. Yeah. We you enjoyed know? Diary of a Wimpy Kid more. Yeah. The only, although there's only, I've only, I, I always. I was insulted by that film. I was insulted by Yogi Bear. Yeah, you watched it? No, I watched the first 20 minutes. <laughs> and I could, on a plane. You could feel yourself I getting could, dumber. I, I could feel myself just... Slipping away. <laughs> I don't know what was happening to me, but, I, like, did, but I didn't like it. It's like, you know, when this is over, I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch those Jersey Shore episodes they have. <laughs> it, was the, it was just... I, don't, I, can't, I can't explain the, the, how I felt watching it. It was, it was dehumanizing. Yeah. <laughs> What's with this fucking bear? You know? And I like Yogi Bear. Yeah, like the original Yogi Bear, and the, 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 the I like lots of ketchup on all my Philly McNudies. We're gonna pick it up, basket. Boo boo. Ah, but yeah, from what I understand about the Total Recall uh, footage, is that it looked pretty generic. Mm. And again, I'm just not—I don't know. It doesn't why. need I, to I just, be remade. It doesn't re- need to be remade. It's very difficult to remake Arnold. Yes. You know, because, a, there can be only one. Because, and I think, you know, this is the big problem with, with the remakes is that it's not so much that you have an issue with the movie getting remade, it's, re, it's retooling a performance yeah. that, that made that movie iconic to begin with. Yeah. You know, so it's very difficult to remake Arnold movies. I mean, especially, okay, like you're doing something like Conan, at least they got a fucking badass. And after, and after, after Game, the Game, of, of, Thrones? After Game of Thrones, I'm down with him as Conan. Although you've noticed that in Game of Thrones, he like has only like three lines of dialogue for his sex episodes. But when he does Most that, of which are, no. <laughs> But when he does that crazy ass speech, I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying, but yet I understand. I, I, I will buy into your investment. Idea. I understand everything you're saying. Let's go kill the motherfuckers. <laughs> burn Westeros, burn. That bit where he pours the fucking. Oh. Uh, well, he, uh, no, he actually switches to English, doesn't he? He's a, like, a crown for a king. <laughs> Also, gold <laughs> vents way faster in Westeros than it does anywhere else. Yeah, I know. Or else that fire is ridiculously hot. <laughs> ah! Oh, son of my... Oh, stars on my skin. He's not a real dragon. <laughs> fire wouldn't burn a real dragon. <laughs> Did you see there was Comic-Con... You dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she thought he was a real dragon. <laughs> This is some of the, the as usual we talked about people dressing up as Galactus but there were a couple I'm not sure if it was one or a couple of them there was a couple of cosplayer people dressed up in costume at uh, Comic Con dressed as Daenerys but like it was Daenerys from the scene where she's eating the horse's heart <laughs> so she was in her leather gear had um, carried a horse heart around with her and had blood all over her face and hands for the con that's not comfortable oh I want to get that uh, I want to go get that Venture Brothers t-shirt you can't try it on sorry love you're covered in blood yeah that's a fair statement you gotta wear something that's comfy (laughs) another big winner I think that was they did have a panel right the drive yeah the drive panel 
So this is um, Nicholas. You should check the trailer for this movie out. This movie looks pretty badass. I'm gonna link after both. It of them. looks like an '80s movie, but done with a '70s style. Yes. Uh, Definitely, and that's you know it's like if you look at like the look of the film, like in terms of what people wear and the kind of the genre. Ryan Gosling seems to be wearing the same clothes throughout. Yeah, which and they're they're kind of cool, and but they kind of fit as well. It's a yeah, little bit yeah. like um, the way that uh, Anderson does it. Uh, Paul, T.T. Anderson, right? Which is the one? Which is the shit one? The shit one. Uh, w.S. Anderson. W.S. Anderson. <laughs> the, other, the other one. But yeah. you know, in like, the Tenant Bounds and everyone else, everyone has an outfit they wear for it. Mm-hmm. Now it's not to that extreme, but. He has an iconic look. He's wearing like yeah, a yeah. white race car he driver is, jacket. The, he's the driver. He's yeah. the driver. Yeah. And um, I saw because I saw you mentioned the, the trailer, and I hadn't. I was looking. For, I didn't know it was a red band trailer, so I was looking for the wrong thing. So I saw the original first kind of snippet they had, which wasn't the trailer. It was just like a footage of bank robbers getting into the back of the car mm-hmm. and him driving. Yeah. And just the thing that sold it for me was it looks like a car version of Heist, where they have the cop radio. There's a cop says they're nearby. They see the cop, and he just instantly pulls in behind a truck and turns the light off. Yeah. No one ever does that in movies. Yeah, it's no. This this movie it looks like um, it's it's the kind of genre that we're very used to seeing, but just done in a totally different, very fresh way. Yeah, and um, the cast is amazing. Yeah, it's got a great cast: Carrie Mulligan, Gosling, Carrie Mulligan, uh, Albert Hendricks. Brooks. Albert Brooks looks badass. Albert man. Brooks looks awesome. Yeah, Al- he looks like the ca- kind of looks like the character who's in Out of Sight. It seems like you know once you reach a certain age, it's like you realize like. If you want to make a comeback, it's time to become embrace your dirty old man. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's totally embracing his dirty. Oh, old the man. scene where uh, so like Ryan Gosling is for a moment there it went a bit days of thunder on me. <laughs> and you know where he's driving around yeah, the yeah, race yeah, guy yeah, and yeah, like yeah. is it Brian Cranston is the other guy? Yeah, Brian Cranston. And he's like, oh, this kid can drive. And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> and then he walks up and he's like, oh, nice to meet you, kid. I've heard great things. He's like, uh, Ryan Gosling has his driving gloves on. He's like, oh, my hands are dirty. And now Brooke says. <laughs> yeah, no, it, nice. looks, it looks very nice. Um, Another guy who seems to be embracing his dirty old man is uh, Mark Hamill. Oh yeah, in Sushi Girl. Oh shit, you should check check out the trailer for Sushi Girl. This this looks this looks like a really cool sort of mashup of uh, you know kind of exploitation Tarantino cinema. She's and, like the girl they eat the food off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's got it's got a B movie cast to die for. Such as it's uh, Danny Trejo, Tony Todd, Mark Hamill, Michael Bean. Noah Hathaway, James Duvall. I'm in. <laughs> and Sonny Chiba. Nice. It's fucking insane. And it, it, is she samurai wielding badass or what? Hmm? Is she like, what does she do? Oh no, like uh, she's um, she's a sushi girl. She lies down flat and they eat sushi off her, mm-hmm. like uh, off her naked body. Um, and she goes down during the meal or well, something? Well, I mean, or? basically Noah Hathaway's character feels you don't know Noah Hathaway was a Treyu in uh, NeverEnding Story. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and he was in Battlestar Galactica, the old one. Uh, and um, oh, I'm freaking out now. Yeah, and uh, what so was the name of the horse? And his name, <laughs> I can't remember. Atraxus. Was it a horse? It was a dog. It was a flying dog. What? A never-ending story. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't flying. This is his horse. The horse that died in the swamps. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, I can't remember. That's <sighs> fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And apparently he nearly died with the horse. I mean, the horse didn't die, but he nearly died filming that. Oh, really? Yeah. Recently, he's like things that sc- that scared him off TV for a while. Well, no wonder he didn't make another movie for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the swamps of despair. <laughs> I, only, I only heard about that recently. Apparently, yeah, when they were doing that, he was like no going under, and then he comes back up. Well, he nearly didn't come back up. Well, apparently, in uh, Sushi Go, what it's about is that uh, Noah Hathaway's character has spent the last few years in jail uh, because he was part of this uh, heist, uh, like uh, uh, diamonds or whatever. And um, Mark Hamill and Tony Todd—they were all part of the same crew. He's the only guy that went to prison. 
he didn't rat anyone out, so he's just gone out of prison, and they're taking him for a celebration to eat sushi off naked women. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there seems to be like you know a double cross. There's foul play. Of there's tension. Yeah, but Mark Hamill looks unrecognizable in this. Really? He's like you know he's like got long hair. He's playing like a really sadistic looking fuck. <laughs> you know, and it's just like the ant you know the anti the anti Luke, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he did that in uh, Slipstream. Well, he's doing it even more in this one. <laughs> he really looks like unrecognizable. Cool. It's like a really cool uh, sort of like character acting piece. Yeah, yeah. Right, but is, so is it, is it a B movie style action movie, yeah, or is it? It, oh. it? it looks like a. It looks like a. It doesn't look like an action movie per se, although there's definitely action in it. It looks more like a, like a character drama yeah. that has bits of action and you know, like I guess like maybe flashbacks to the heist or something. But it's a pretty cool trailer. Uh, and as far as independent films Our go. Attacks. As far as in, as far as independent films go, this is a this this looks like an interesting one. Yeah. And again, it's like with a cast like that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're a, if if you're into film and if you like your B films, then uh, you gotta check this movie out. I'll check it out and I'll put the link up as well. Okay. Uh, what else you got? Have you heard about uh, now that uh, Cowboys and uh, Cowboys and Aliens is playing, which has been getting side of kind of like mediocre reviews? Um, it, but it seems that Harrison Ford seems to be sticking with the the Western genre. Oh really? Well, to an certain extent, he signed on to play Wyatt Earp, uh, mm. but but, uh, but an aging, an old, an old Wyatt Earp in um, in, a, in a film called uh, Black Hats, which is based on a novel by Max Allen Collins, who wrote Road to Perdition. Oh, and uh, so in this, this is like after his kind of lawman days, and he's a Hollywood detective slash movie consultant uh -huh. who teams up with Bat Masterson to take on Al Capone in New York after he discovers that Al Capone is after Doc Holliday's kid. <laughs> This movie sounds. Uh, this this sounds. Does that does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, but it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Bat Masterson is uh, William Barclay Masterson, uh, November born uh, November twenty sixth, eighteen fifty three to October twenty fifth, nineteen twenty one. And I just got to read this out to you because this makes this this guy had the most awesome life. Listen to this. He was a figure of the old American West, known as a buffalo hunter. He was a U.S. Army scout, an avid fisherman, gambler, frontier lawman, U.S. marshal, and sports editor, and columnist. Sports editor, and columnist. And columnist for the New York Morning Telegraph. Back then, journalists were fucking journalists, man. <laughs> those, of, those of us who had been up all night were not interested in coffee and donuts. <laughs> he was interested in killing a we, fucking buffalo. We needed a strong drink. <laughs> but... You know, and I and I look at and I saw there's no director attached. Uh, there's so there's no word on when filming's supposed to start. Mm -hmm. Harrison Ford is the first big name to sign on. It was written by Kurt Johnstad, who's the co-writer of um, 300, and he's also writing the 300 sequel. Oh. I, but I like the idea of Harrison Ford as an aging Wyatt Earp. Yeah. And I and I sort of looked up Bat Masterson. Bat Masterson look, has looks like Kurt Russell. Oh really? So I mean, there's a Kurt Russell like if you for like especially Kurt Russell from Tombstone. Yeah. There's def there's a definite resemblance. So if you get fucking Kurt Russell on board to play Bat Masterson, Paul Giamatti to play Capone, Justin Long to play Doc Holliday's kid, you got a winner. Yeah. <laughs> In other news, you know Harrison Ford's losing his fucking mind. Yeah. Did you see any of the t the TV the what's it called the late night uh, chat circuit? It's, it's stuff just, he did? It's just the one where he chases off Chewbacca. Yeah. Saying that D Daniel Craig is his Wookiee bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But in that. He is talking with more than a few words per minute, right? Yeah. He's like talking like Ham. Yeah. He talks like this at this speed that like normal people do. Mm. He also did Letterman, where he kind of just sat there looking at the audience and grinning for a long... It looked like he was stoned. Like, Letterman made most of the jokes. Maybe he was stoned. <laughs> he totally looks like it. He, he looks like he... At that, I saw that one first. It looks like it's happened. He's, he's, got, he's lost his marbles. He's gone Cena. But well, then to show the other one where he's actually like... 
talking and interacting. He's just like kind of sitting there and like Letterman says something and he like kind of grins a bit and kind of starts going. Harrison. And also he doesn't fucking sit still. It's like a man of his age. For fuck's sake, I even know when, you, when you're doing a presentation you don't fiddle with your earring and... You know. Harrison Ford's been fucking going, for going a, a little kooky for a while now. I mean, you gotta be... There's gotta be something seriously wrong for you if you can be who you are and be as miserable as you are. Yes. <laughs> there must be some kind of thing that we don't know about. Yeah. You know, oh my God, this fame is just so horrible. Yeah. Getting paid millions of dollars to be, you know, to make, to play iconic screen characters. It's all oh, you poor bastard. Yeah. Let us all feel so. I mean, Harrison Ford, I, I've, oh, I've never liked him. No? <laughs> <laughs> Not I, since that time that I had a barbarol with him back in 02. I've, I've, you know, I've never forgiven him for fucking random hearts. <laughs> seven days and seven nights? Uh, what was that? Uh. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't watched that. unless he's wearing a hat. I don't watch the movie. No, I okay. I mean, okay. I, obviously, I like Harrison Ford. It's 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 almost like if it's almost like a sin to not like Harrison Ford. Yeah. How can you not like Indiana Jones and Han Solo? Well, you know, we, but we, we but talked earlier. Hang on, we, we talked earlier about you know, we you know, we both see Limitless. Yeah, I reckon that in the eighties he was on NZT and then he stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and that's made that's that's where, after that he started to make he made Firewall. Yeah, <laughs> and Air Force One. <laughs> Oh God! Now, but he, uh, yeah, he, he's made some pretty bad choices yeah. in terms of his film career. Although I do like it when Harrison Ford loosens up and when he plays comedy, because I do think that he is quite a gifted comedic actor. Have you watched uh, Morning Glory? Yeah, I have. That's good. He's all right. Man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he looks like he's having fun. Yeah. Which is refreshing because he always looks like such a miserable cunt. Yeah, which worked for the the Jack Ryan movies because Jack Ryan is always a shit on on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, life sucks anyway. So yeah. you know, you know, the, the, it's in character. It, it works. Yeah. <laughs> but after a while, you're just like, dude, just fucking loosen up. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Um, well, I got some awesome news because it involves Kevin Bacon. Mmm, bacon. <laughs> bacon. Kevin Bacon's awesome. Bacon for breakfast. After X-Men, he's even more awesome. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kevin Bacon should just play villains for the rest of his life. Yes. <laughs> or better yet, he should just play villains in comic book movies. I want to see Super. <laughs> I haven't seen Super yet. I don't think it's out here yet, but I want to see that because he just seems like he's a, a douche. <laughs> uh, well, he seems to agree. Uh, he signed on for another uh, villainous role in um, uh, R.I.P.D. opposite Ryan Reynolds ah. and uh, Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah, Jeff Bridges now, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty awesome trio of actors. Yeah. Um, is he gonna be dead? I don't know. Because it is R.I.P.D. Yep. Uh, for those of you, uh, R.I.P.D. It's about a, a rookie. It's had a tortuous route through yeah. development hell. It's a rookie veteran buddy cop team who work for an agency of deceased lawmen who fight supernatural criminals and monsters. Yeah. It's direct, directed by uh, Robert Schwenke, who directed Red and Fight Pl uh, Flight Plan. <laughs> and then he said, <laughs> and um, again. unfortunately, the, the script was written by Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi. Man, Man, Manfredi. The screenwriting team behind Eon Flux mm. and Clash of the Titans. Brilliant. There you go. There was a script for Back to Clash of the Titans? Apparently, yeah. I thought they just threw shit at the screen and saw what stuck. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. Byline, Titans will clash. Well, there was one Titan in yeah. action. So right now, I mean, um, I'm not too familiar with the, uh, the comic book. I never read it, but... Uh, the only thing that I'm excited about with this movie is just the cast. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's a nice trio of actors right there. Have you seen any pictures from the And comic? I liked Red. I liked Red. Have you seen any Red. pictures of the comic book? I have seen pictures. Because it's quite cartoony, and the guy that Kurt Russell is playing... Uh, no, Kurt Jeff, Russell, looks Jeff like Bridges. Jeff Bridges. It's like he's wearing a cowboy hat and big shades and... Yeah, yeah. It, looks, it looks like the kind of role that Jeff Bridges would do really yeah. well. Uh, 
But no, I mean, uh, interesting. Did you see the other thing from Comic Con, which was they had some they didn't know footage, but they had. Um, I didn't realize we might have, we might have covered this before, but Neville Lean and Taylor, the makers of Crank Two, one of the best the best movies of all time. Yeah. Are doing they like they're doing Ghost Rider too? Apparently that went well. Yes, that went really well. Apparently uh, Ghost Rider pisses fire. Yeah, he does. And they, they put that in a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I am looking forward to Ghost Rider too. Uh, and also there was did a, they write they wrote Jonah Hex, but did they write the first? Were they involved in writing the first Ghost Rider? Um, no. No, it was no, Jonah Hex where it should have been. They should have directed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Because because yeah. they are fucking insane. They're they're crazy. And I'm this, this yes. Yeah, no, I mean like uh, 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 when I when I heard the Ghost Rider two because I wasn't for a Ghost Rider sequel. Mm. The first one, <laughs> you know, didn't didn't scream sequel. No, <laughs> especially but, Wes Bentley. Yeah, but when I heard that, uh, yeah, he was really bad in that. And he was we, we watched Jonah Hex yesterday. He's really bad in that as well. He just I don't know the guy can't act unless he's wearing a hat. I don't know. It's unless like, he's wearing a beanie. Unless he's you know watching a plastic bag fly in the air. So beautiful. Yeah, there's just so much beauty. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that. That actually meant something. I remember the first time I saw when, that. When this 80-year-old couple got up and left in the middle of American Beauty. And I was like, what the f- why are they leaving? Is all the reefer tokes? <laughs> I don't get it, man. Uh, I'm going to wail on my pecs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there was an interesting um, article. Oh, yeah. So, what, uh, sorry, what I was saying, like, uh, when, when I heard that Ghost Rider 2 was being done by the guys who did the crank movies, Awesome. Um, but apparently, someone unloads an Uzi into Ghost Rider's face, and then he barfs the bullets, <laughs> the bullets back, back at him. <laughs> and there's a photo of Idris Elba on a bike, and again, that's one of those ones that has got to become an internet meme. It's like him leaning, it's like yeah, he looks, he looks, he looks like he's in a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's trying to take a shit <laughs> <laughs> on a bike at speed after coming down from a pill. <laughs> I just. I just hope that they indulge themselves. I, I do too. If there's any Marvel character that screams for that. There's, there's two moments in the first Ghost Rider. One is the helicopter when he pulls it in. Yeah. And then there's the great line, You're pissing me off! <laughs> <laughs> and the second is him and um, Sam Elliott yeah. on the horse. Yeah. I that was one, nice. I have one last ride in me. That was a nice bit. Yeah. Uh, there was an interesting article uh, on uh, Collider.com about the Marvel films. Uh-huh. Uh, and just sort of, and you know, and, and asking the question, opening up for discussion, like how much has the Avengers stopped the other Marvel films from being complete films, you know, being standalone films? And that might tie into because, your Captain you know, America. No, because they because they have the burden. You know, no, no, and, and yeah, we should talk about this a little bit more when we review Captain America. Mm-hmm. But it's like because all of these films that are coming out uh, leading up to the Avengers have the burden of setting up the Avengers. Yeah, you know, so. It sort of like has this argument. It's like they're not so much standalone films as they are prequels to a movie that doesn't exist yet. Mm. You know, and I just thought it was a very interesting. Because um, you look at the comics, the comics were all separate, and then over yeah. the years they grew together. But, yeah. they, but I think it's been they baked them into the DNA quite nicely. I think no, I mean I think that they've done, they haven't done a bad job. I mean like uh, the 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 article was very clear to say that no one is saying that these movies are bad movies. Yeah. It's just had did did the burden of setting up this the biggest superhero movie ever. Has like sort of like hamp, like uh, slowed these other movies I'm down sure. a little, yeah, uh, just a little bit mm. because because uh, the ones that it looked like they were handling it very well at the beginning at the first Iron Man and Incredible Hulk because the Avengers section was just a, a, a tiny segment, just the post credit sequence, yeah. pretty much. Whereas as with the other movies, especially I mean the one that suffered the most from it was Iron Man Two, mm. where there was really too much bogging down with Shield. 
Mm. You know, at least with Thor, Shield was actually part of the narrative, so mm. it, the the story never took a back. The, the story never stopped moving. But it, in in a way, I mean, it, it's also building a world. You know, where there's things there that you don't yeah, need no. filled in. I think that that they did that, that 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 works for that. It's like there is a world. There is something beyond Tony Stark, so that you know, no matter how bad he fucks up, these guys will be there to like slap him down if the need arises. And I think having yeah, that no. that after watching Captain America, after watching half of Iron Man yesterday on telly. It, I think the whole Howard Stark thing works really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In that you know he was involved in Shield, so therefore he would be in the background of these characters. And yeah. even what, I, it, they did have the super, they had one vial of super soldier serum, or they had t- tests of it in the Hulk, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they have it adds it adds to the tapestry. Yeah, is the way I feel about it. Right? No, no, I, I agree with you, and I think uh, like like I was saying in the first time, man, the first time, man, and Incredible Hulk, it was handled very nicely. Yeah. I think the big uh, problem that was part of this discussion is that starting with Iron Man two. And, and, and continuing on to the other mo- movies with Thor and Captain America is that the Avengers plot actually became part of the mm. Thor plot and the Iron Man 2 plot and but, it didn't always help the story. Mm. It didn't always, uh, it, it didn't necessarily do the film any favors in terms of the momentum of the film. Yeah. You know, like, mm. uh, and, and I think that the movie that suffered most from that was Iron Man 2. Uh, it didn't bother me in Thor because they were part even though there was a lot of shield in in Thor, it was part of the narrative. Mm. So the only the only thing where it was they had really, his hammer, the only yeah they had his hammer they had his hammer, and the only thing that they really sort of like uh, did like blatantly, which is purely just for the Avengers, was the Hawkeye uh, was, and a cherry picker was the Hawkeye was the, was the Hawkeye cameo. Because people who didn't know the Avengers would be like, why is Jeremy Renner doing in a, a, cameo? In a cherry picker <laughs> of all things? So it's. Uh, for those of you who are interested in this sort of discussion, you can get this article on Collider.com. It's actually pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting article. Hmm. On to slightly worrying news, uh, this month's Empire has a lot of pics of dread, and um, the helmet doesn't work. It looks weird. Yeah. The, 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 the sort of full frontal face, it looks like it's squashing his nose. Yeah. It looks like, he's, it looks like, he, it looks like his mom didn't let him get the Happy Meal or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the red crossbar should be lower. I don't know. They just—I think they just messed up the helmet slightly, but also they're all dirty. Why yeah. are they all so dirty? Yeah. Why can't they be clean? Yeah. I, I mean, like, not clean, but like it's a uniform. You—you you, you don't turn up the work. Like, I like a clean dread. Clean dread. I like a clean dread, man. And why the fuck is Olivia Thurby in this movie? <laughs> Who's Olivia Thurby? The fucking rookie chick. Oh. <laughs> She's not Anderson. She's not playing Anderson, is she? Nah. Gaze, oh, no. gaze into the fist of dread. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean. This is a, oh, we have to wait for a trailer. We have to wait these, for a trailer. I'm hoping these are just bad stills. We're just nitpicking. That's just the meme. <laughs> Stop showing me that. <laughs> yeah, but that full frontal one, it really looks like... He just looks like like he, like he just dropped his ice cream. And also... It's so, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like got the grimace. And he also, just looks one, of, like one, of, one of the other judges just looks like some guy. Like there's yeah. a photo of, yeah, and it just looks some guy in a helmet, and he just like he looks kind of stocky, and it's like you're a cop, dude. You know, there's there's minimum requirements for that. Uh, did you hear about the uh, the 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 cast for Expendables two? Did you read? No. About, did you read about this? Now I, I must say that this is not confirmed, mm-hmm. uh, but if it's true, I'm gonna wet myself. Uh, Expendables. It's expend- not on my couch. The movie starts shooting in September. They're shooting in Bulgaria, and the CEO of uh, the biggest bul- the biggest studio in Bulgaria is the way they did Conan the Barbarian there and everything. Uh-huh. David Varad is his name. And during a recent interview, confirmed yes, we're, they're shooting that here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They just finished the Conan, and now they're kind of doing Expendables too. And um, apparently, this was the cast that he listed off. Uh, aside from the ones returning, Stallone, Statham, Ludgren, Lee, and Rourke, mm-hmm. he mentioned Arnold. Oh, mm-hmm. Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. John Travolta, 
Oh, Van Dam. What? And Chuck Norris. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this isn't confirmed, but nerdgasm. But <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> We're dead, aren't we? We're living in like this is this is movie heaven. <laughs> no, no. Chuck Norris, Van Dam. My pants were so tight. And John <laughs> Yeah, John Travolta is like the weakest name in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Why is there a homosexual in a movie about testosterone? <laughs> he has no place there. <laughs> It'd be just cool. Uh, John Travolta, all he should do in the whole movie, he doesn't. He doesn't. Just, get, no, he's, he's the same character from Broken Arrow. He does. He doesn't get up and fight or anything. He's always sitting down and he's always eating ice cream. No, that's Val Kilmer. No, or, or, no, no, no. But he's just, he's got like he's got like uh, he's always eating a tub of Hagen does, and then he's got a Big Mac like right next. He's got a no. He's got a quarter pounder. He's, he's got, got a fat. he's got a Royale with cheese. With cheese. That is an insane cast, though. That, that is an insane cast. If that does happen, I want Chuck Norris to wear his denim outfit from Invasion USA. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to give the thumbs up from Dodgeball. Dodge if you could, if you could uh, have all of these guys, let's just say that these guys were confirmed. If you could have all of these actors dressed up as one of their, I can't, uh, their iconic characters in the Expendable sequel, who would you have? Okay, Stallone, Rambo. It's got to be Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no. I want him to play the fucking Rambo from the last. What was the last one? John Rambo or one of the earlier Rambos? If, okay, Stallone, I would want him to dress up as his character from Over the Top. Yeah. With the backward fucking cap. Uh, Jason Statham, he's got to be the transporter. Yeah. He's got a nice, nice slick suit. And Either that or Chip Chilios. Yeah. Uh, Chilios! Dolph Lundgren, I want him to dress up as He-Man. <laughs> is this the movie casting or is this the weird perverted sexual fantasy of yours? This is the movie casting. Like, if I could have all... If I could, and then He-Man fucks Rambo. If I could have all of these guys... In, in, it dressed up as their their fame one like one of their iconic characters. Who would I want Dolph Lundgren to dress up either as Ivan Drago? <laughs> that, that would be like a video game. It's it like it's a boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either that or he's fucking He-Man. <laughs> Mickey Rourke. I want him either to be. Uh, he's gonna look like he does in Iron Man too anyway. Because no, you can't say boo to that motherfucker anymore. <laughs> no, no. I, I want Mickey Rourke. Where's my bird? I want Mickey Rourke to lose weight and I want him to. Angel Heart. Angel. He's either playing his Angel Heart character, or he's playing the character from the Pope, the Pope of Greenwich Village. Uh, I want Jet Li to, to look like uh, Wong Fei Hong. Either Wong Fei Hong or Feng Sayo. Entirely up to you. Arnold is the Terminator. No, no, no. He's John Kimball. I just want yeah, uh, I want Detective John, John Detective John Kimball with the glasses and yeah, the stubble yeah, yeah, and the long coat. Or you could just wear what he wore in the last one, which is the Hawaiian shirt. Like it was just his normal clothes. Or he, or, or or he can dress up as Douglas Quaid. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Willis is John McClane. He's wearing a vest. Bruce Willis is John. And McClane. no shoes. No, no. Bruce Willis is Hudson Hawk. <laughs> with a hat and tap dancing. John Travolta as uh, as his Saturday Night Fever character. Oh, uh, Ricky. No, yeah. yeah. I, that was on. Model the guitar. That was on. And dear God. Van Damme. Is that Simon. movie when you watch it now, it seems like a caricature. Yeah, it's terrible. Because he's like, yeah, what you want? What you want? He's like, huh? you like fuck you, huh? Yeah. And like, these guys must be a gang. It's like. You're fucking, you're about as intimidating as a sandwich. What's great about it is that the Saturday Night Fever uh, live show in London, the actors copy that. They copy that. So it's like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> My friend got chucked out of the theater. <laughs> he got chucked out of the, the theater because he couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Brilliant.
this guy I worked with, he was drunk. He was like, he, like he was with a group of friends, and ha half of them were asked to leave because they kept laughing whenever any of the actors spoke. <laughs> How you doing, man? Hey. Don't get a beer. <laughs> it's not threatening in any way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah. So and even the even the chicken is like supposed to be like you know getting making good of herself and stuff, and she talks like that as well. You know, not be a dancer. <laughs> Anyway, Expendables 2 is directed by Simon West, who directed Con Air. He directed the oh, what they Stallone did the first one, right? Stallone did the first one. He didn't want to direct the second one. Con Air. So the director of Con Air is doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love I love Con Air. That movie's great. With the bunny, back in the box. But yeah, I thought that was great. Also, yes, and Van Damme has to go as Cyborg. <laughs> no, he goes to his time cop with the mullet. No, no, no. He gets he gets to go as uh, the the target. his kickboxer character. <laughs> Nutsu Tao. Nutsu Tao. Nutsu Cow. In the nuts. <laughs> uh, we gonna wrap up for news? Uh, no, there there is something I have to say because this is I read this and I thought it was the funniest shit ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't don't uh, build it up too much. Okay. After years of research, this is this is all true, by the way. After years of research, scientists have found out that The Champ, starring John Voight and Ricky Schroeder, is the saddest movie ever made. <laughs> what? This finding was part of a study that tried to figure out how emotions affect people's behavior. While it's unlikely that scientists watched every movie out there, James, Gro James Gross and Robert Levinson have determined that a clip from The Champ gets people to cry the fastest. <laughs> as soon as the tears begin flowing, volunteers are immediately hit with questions about food and shopping. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you say hit with a hammer. <laughs> Bambi was used for a little while, uh -huh. but The Champ gets the crying going faster. <laughs> so it's, 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 if they can't respond to the questions, that means they're just so choked up, is it? I guess. I'm not going to disc uh, the, 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 the scene that they're talking about is the scene at the end of the movie. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it on YouTube. But I've seen it. It's, it's pretty fucking sad. Yeah. Did you cry? Uh, uh, no. Oh, that's because you're dead inside. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, uh, but, but apparently, to elicit other emotions, Meg Ryan's orgasm scene from When Harry Met Sally was used to get people amused. Uh -huh. The Shining and the Silence of the Lambs is used to scare people. And John Waters' film Pink Flamingos is used to elicit disgust <laughs> and to get people riled. <laughs> and, and, and other movies to get people riled: My Bodyguard and Cry Freedom. <laughs> Jesus, did you hear the thing about John John Waters? They did a. I just had to read that out yeah, because yeah. that was genius. That's insane. But the the the, the Lonely Island guys who did them on a boat and stuff like that, and um, Lazy Sunday Afternoon and all that kind of stuff for Saturday Night Live, they did uh, do the creep. And uh, they dress like John Waters. They've got a little, the little tash, got a little tash. You're doing the creep and like hitting on, macking on chicks and like you know you're talking to a girl about the things you don't care about. You do the creep, but it's it's introduced by John Waters going, get your tashes ready, which is creepy. That's called the creep. Good times. Good times. Emails and twitters. So if you want to join in the fun. Um, you can get us a podcast from yappenfries.com mm -hmm. um, so we have a tweet this week from Trickster's World I know this fucker <laughs> <laughs> that guy really gets me he, he yanks my crank so I, I put out a question for any questions and he's a tweet for any questions and he said how many foods start with the letter Q Billy you so stupid <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> so if you think you can do better than that question we're not even going to answer you Tony fuck off um, if you think you can do better than that question please email us at podcast and me up and fries you can get me on Twitter at McNasty Prime and Kissadias 
Quesadillas. <laughs> Quail. It starts with a Q. Quince. Quark, no. Kumquats. Kumquats. <laughs> no, that's a C, is it? It has a Q in it. Food's a stout. It has a Q in it. Uh, Why are you asking questions about fucking food? Because he's a dick. <laughs> This is a movie fucking podcast. Dave, you'll get that this far. Tell Tony, cut this bit up, send it to him, and tell him he's a dick. <laughs> what else we got? That's it. That's it. So you need to, you know, it's come on. Busy week. Come on, audience, raise your game. <laughs> it's been two weeks since you did a podcast. <laughs> awesome. We should jump into the reviews. Okay, I'm just going to do uh, two really, really quick reviews of okay. uh, Take Me Home Tonight and, and uh, Insidious. Okay, go for it. Hit, hit, hit me. <laughs> these these reviews, these reviews are going to be very very quick. Uh, Take Me Home Tonight is actually a movie that's been sh- sitting on the shelf for quite a while. It was uh, it was the movie that Topher Grace did pretty much immediately after he was done shooting Spider Man Three, and, and, so, and then it sat, they get, sat on yeah, it. it sat on the shelf for like a really really long time. Um, it's it's an '80s film. It's about like that that last big party. I mean, we've seen this movie. Yeah, we've seen this movie many times before. Mm. Uh, and so Topher Grace is playing an MIT grad who's basically wasting his degree working at Suncoast Video. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his twin sister is uh, Anna Faris, and she's uh, planning to get into Cambridge. And um, Dan, Dan Fogler plays his best friend. And Dan Fogler is annoying as fuck. Is that the guy from Balls of Fire? No, Balls of Fury. Balls of Fury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he basically screams every line of dialogue in this movie, and there's a part, there's one point where his character does coke and screams even louder. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, one thing I will say about this film, it's a nice little fucking nostalgia trip. It's not as good as Hot Tub Time Machine. No. It's, um, if it's, you want your 80s fix. Yeah, if you want your 80s fix, then watch Hot Tub Time Machine, or watch The Wedding Singer. Um, or watch a movie from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Any of them will do. It's not a bad film. It's a rental. Yeah. It's a rental. I mean, the cast do what they can with it. Um, Michael Bean is in it as, uh, as Topher Tof- Grace's dad. <laughs> and uh, Michael Bean's having fun. That's uh, all he does these days. Yeah. Michael Bean's having fun in this movie. He's not, he doesn't seem to be... Maybe he's just not getting the opportunity, but he seems to be pushing himself too hard these days. The movie does attempt to uh, have some depth, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> fails does, miserably. I won't say it fails miserably, but it's it's kind of one of those things where you've because you've seen this movie done so many times before, it's it's it, you can tell that they're aiming for like an American graffiti type of uh, vibe. Really? Yeah, and they don't really get it. They're looking for an an '80s American graffiti type of vibe. I'm not an not an '80s American pie. No. No, and um, you I, know, never, I never realized American Graffiti, American Pie. And, there, and there are some, there are some of the sequences that are that, that are pretty funny, but they're funny more for the nostalgic thing. You know, mm. it's like when, you know, when you got like Topher Grace and Dan Fo- uh, Dan Fogler fucking singing along to uh, N.W.A. in the car. That that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, and and Dan Fogler, I mean, like Dan Fo- Dan Fogler's performance is the type of thing where. You just throw everything you got at the kitchen sink. A couple of the jokes are gonna stick. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a lot of it is just loud. Nice mixed metaphor there. Yeah. <laughs> throw everything at the sink and see what sticks. No, because he he was in fanboys as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, because his performance, the way he he just attacks it with such ferocity that he's like a less subtle Jack Black. Yeah. And yeah. Jack Black ain't subtle. No. Yeah. And you know, but if you keep going like that, you're gonna get some laughs because it's like yeah. for fuck's sake. Uh, and Topher Grace is. You know, Topher Grace, I like Topher Grace. Yeah. He's, he's a very charming, uh, you know, like... Uh, Logan Predators. Yeah. He's a very charming actor, and uh, he's good in this. There's nothing really wrong with the cast. It's just the plot. It's just... Um, is there a giant metal ball? It's Yes, there is. Mm. There is. Uh, 
Uh, but it's just like, you know, again, you've just seen this movie so many times before and you've seen it done better. Yeah. You know, the best example of an 80s movie that, uh, that was done after the 80s was Can't Hardly Wait. So if you want to go see um, a good sort of like 80s style was type... Was this in the 80s? That, no, no, but it was like... A, that I was an like 80s, that style. That was an 80s movie about yeah. that last graduation, about that last big party. Mm. Um, but, it, you know, it, but, it, but it didn't try to be an 80s movie, but it was... In very much in the vein of those classic 80s movies and so that was the last movie of that sort of ex type of genre that I would recommend yeah. um, other than that it's yeah it's it's decent it's a rental yeah if you if you if you rented it you wouldn't feel that cheated mm. it's got some laughs in it mm. get stoned what was the other one? <laughs> the other one was Insidious which is the uh, latest film from the uh, writer director team of Saw and the producers of Paranormal Activity starring Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne mm. and um, this is uh, this is a movie about what you, it starts off to make you think it's a, it's a haunted house movie, but actually it's a haunted kid movie. <gasps> I'm not giving anything away. This it's was, in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Is the um, spooky old lady the one from, is it Magda from? Someone, uh, uh, something about Mary? Something about Mary, yeah. yes it is. It it's, is. it's weird seeing her playing like, yeah. you know, like carrying all that as opposed to yeah. geriatric sex pump. Yeah. This is, a, this is a cool horror flick. Yeah? Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's, it's very, it's, it's kind of interesting because the the way that they've gone about shooting it, it feels like paranormal. It has that paranormal activity type of feel to it. Mm -hmm. There's there's not. Have you many seen paranormal activity? I have. Uh -huh. uh, like like those bits where you just like get random noises like, you know, like shit like that. Sounds of the door. That feels very much like the the atmosphere that they conjure up is very much like paranormal activity. The family scenes between. Um, you know the, the family interaction scenes between Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne and their kids feel very real yeah. because they've got this there's this baby there who's always crying always crying and I, I'm, you're watching this movie and it's like the, the baby always cries on cue always stops crying on cue how the fuck did they get this performance out of this baby it's actually played by a 34 year old man <laughs> <laughs> it's motion capture yeah. <laughs> but uh, this one thing that's great about this film is that it has the most in your face horror score in years, really, it's like, it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and it's like so fucking in your face that you just smile. Yeah, yeah. And it and they're quite clever about when to use it. It's not like throughout, yeah, yeah. but it but it's like the the it feels like um, the score feels like something done early eighties, late seventies. It feels like that that kind of score. It's not your. It's not Carpenter Synth, is it? No. <laughs> And uh, and the acting, that's a thing, Capricorn. Yeah, yeah, the acting is solid. And another thing that I really like about this is that unlike a lot of these movies where you have like these set kinds of hauntings, is that shit happens in broad daylight. Yeah, uh, and I love that about that's it. That's a great idea. That's, you know, it's it's like you, because you really don't realize just how many of those movies are like that. Because as soon as you have like a daytime scene, something in your back of your mind goes, "I'm safe now." Yeah. You know, and then suddenly, like, boom! <laughs> and people are, like, screaming and everything. <laughs> it's like that bit in The Ring where the, what was it, is The Ring or Ring 2 where the girl runs home? Yeah. And then jumps into bed, because you're always safe in bed, right? And then yeah. she lifts the covers up and Sadako's in the bed! <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, um, it's not a perfect film. There are certain things that don't work. Mm -hmm. um, and as it is with a lot of these kinds of movies, uh, the build-up is done so well that when you actually you know when you have like sometimes it's just better to see these things in shadow mm. you know sometimes sometimes it sometimes they it's show not, too much do they? sometimes it's not always a good thing to get such a good look at, at how at, at how things look yeah. there are a couple of bits there where 
uh, you know, like a, without giving anything away, where you do get a better look at some of these things, and and you do think that kind of kills the horror aspect of it. I saw some of this on Alien recently. I didn't. It was like um, something like Cracks.com had like ten deleted scenes that, thank Christ, they were deleted. Mm-hmm. One of them was from Terminator Three, mm-hmm. where it showed Arnie on TV as like this southern. It had like the board of Skynet talking about the you know building their robots mm-hmm. and like they're gonna base the, the body on this guy and he's like a real thick southern accent oh, right. and then there's a guy in the room who's also like you know talks us students that maybe we can change the voice and it just it will ruin the fucking movie but there's one about Alien where I think it's what's her name the screaming bitch in Alien Veronica Cartwright that's the one <laughs> <laughs> because she was also the screaming bitch in Witches of Easter uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She, play, she plays a lot of screaming yeah. bitches. She freaks out and aliens. No! 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 He's behind you! No, just He's crying, behind you! Crying inconsolably. No! But there's a scene with her and the alien kind of head pops up in the corner and it's on its, like, it's like it's on its back but it's, it's, it's put its hands and feet. And apparently it walks across the floor like this. And there's an animated gif of it and it's like, there goes all your mystique and terror out the window. It just crab walked across the floor. It's like, why would, you know, you, you can see it. It's like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes, you know, the ending before that has all been all this light, graceful movement. Yeah. They're just breakdancing on the fucking floor. Yeah. So, yeah, you getting, don't, you can't show that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, get, getting back to Insidious, uh, these things are, they, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I would still recommend it. If, you, if you're a horror fan, there's some, there's some decent scares in this movie. Cool. Because it's really hard with horror movies these days because so fucking many of them come out and yeah. look decent and you just don't know. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, like uh, this movie does kind of set itself apart a little bit with, you know, like uh, just the way that certain things are done, like with the score. The score feels like the kind of score that you haven't heard in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by having things actually happen at any given moment as opposed to the, following those conventional uh, horror, horror rules about things only happening at night. Yeah. You know, so in that regard, it's pretty cool. And, what, and, 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 and things happen to everyone. Yeah. So, so it's like, it's not one of these things where you have- Is it all in the person's head? Yeah, it's not one of these things where you have the whole movie where these people are arguing about what's real and what isn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, although the Patrick Wilson's character does hold out for a little bit, uh, you know, he does, even though, even though after a couple of things you're really like, Does he drink the tequila worm? It's like, dude, shit is, but what is, what is kind of, uh, cool about it is, uh, is that, like, there are certain, you know, there, there are all these points in the Haunted House movies where, where you as an audience member goes, get the fuck out! Oh, yeah. And whenever you, whenever you do think- They go upstairs! Whenever you do think that in this film, it's not long before they actually get the fuck out. <laughs> but it doesn't go away. Yeah. So, 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 so in that regard, that's nice. Yeah, you know, it is kind of cool. So I, I mean, if you're a horror fan, I would definitely recommend this movie. Sweet, Insidious, yeah. excellent. Should we move on to the big guns? Uh, okay, let's move on. Captain America. Captain America. The first Avenger. What's he avenging? Uh, the Second World War. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> He's out there to escort Hitler to the gates of hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you don't know who Captain America is, stop. Well, if you listen this far and you don't know who Captain America is, good luck, because we talk about it every fucking week. Um, so, Captain America, the first Avenger, you need more icon? It's kind of hot. <laughs> it's Malaysia. Um, it follows the story of Steve Rogers. Nine stone weakling who can't fucking get into the army and they spend a lot of time with him. Yeah, they do. And it's little Steve. It's awesome. Yeah. That is so well done. Uh, So he becomes a super soldier and fights Nazis. But 
the way that they follow that 50s, 40s um, storyline is, I thought it was very well done. It's very nice. The movie looks beautiful. It, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And, and uh, by making it a period film, it automatically, not only does it set it apart from all of the other superhero movies, Marvel and, and all the other stuff, but it it's more in line with Indiana it, Jones. It gives it, it, gives it um, a weight. You know, because uh, it's World War Fucking Two. Yeah, it's World War Two. It just gives it this weight that some of the other comic book movies don't have. Having said that, though, I was there was something about the whole film that left me a little cold. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, okay, number one, like the little Steve bits, the character beats are very nice. Yeah. Um, Chris it, Evans is great in this. Because the key to this movie is that he's a weakling. They yeah. choose him to be the soldier because, because of the got, man who he is. Yes, it's not. It's down to that he he hates. He's got the wanna, he's got the body of a weakling, but he's got the will and heart of a hero. Yes, you know, and that's uh, and that's why you gotta write that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> Fried gold. Uh, yeah, because as I said to you know, he's asked by uh, Stanley Tucci, who's great. Although every time I see him now, I just think the devil wears Prada. I kind of expect him to go. Oh, Stevie looks so good. Um, <laughs> but he's like, you know. Uh, do you want to fight Nazis? It's every like, every well, time, every time I see Toby Jones, I'm like, you're the voice of Toby, <laughs> <laughs> and I hate that little. Bastard. <laughs> you were happy when he died? Oh, spoilers! Um. Actually, actually, I was surprised. I was like, um, you know, I'm actually quite, you know, the, choked. Yeah, no, I wasn't choked, but I was like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> But you know, and, and the thing I is, I can see how other human beings might find that emotionally and disturbing. The thing, and the thing is, I hated that motherfucker. <laughs> In Chamber of Secrets, I'm like, oh, I want to fucking. Oh, Mr. It. Harry. <laughs> Just tell Harry what's going on, you little obtuse bastard. Dobby but did not mean to kill. <laughs> Dobby just meant to maim. <laughs> <laughs> but Stanley Tucci says that... severely injured. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking his eyeball. Um, <laughs> the key moment was where, you know, the, the, he spots this guy going in and he's, he's trying to get into the army for like the seventh time or something like that. And he goes in and he asks him, are you, you want to you wanna go to, you want to go to Europe and kill the Nazis? And he's like, is this a test? It's like, kind of. He's like, well, I don't want to kill Nazis, I just don't like bullies. And that's the key yeah. to the character. Yeah. No, and uh, no, I think that they got the Steve Rogers character perfectly. Perfect. And Chris Evans. Chris Evans, he's, he's great. He's great in this. Uh, and he's he, not cheesy. No. No, he's a, uh, I mean, one thing about this film that the film's got going for it is that the casting is awesome. Um, Three words. Yeah. Tommy Lee, Lee Jones. Jones. Fucking brilliant in this movie. He, he... The World War II milieu anchors it, but he anchors it even more. Yeah. He is just a real sourpuss and just has some of the best lines yeah. in the whole thing. He's, Tommy Lee Jones has discovered that he can be funny just by... Being Tommy Lee just Jones. Just by being Tommy Lee Jones. He just knows how to deliver a, a line. Like, he's just got... He is the master of deadpan delivery. Because the trailer, it was like... It's, it felt a little weird in the trailer. It's like... We have the enemy. Yeah. We we're yeah, yeah. You know, every outhouse and in-house and tri-state area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he it, it, did, it did stand out a little bit in the trailer, but in the movie it fits perfectly and also as I said it grounds it nicely in that he's like the super sword of things kinda crazy. It's <laughs> No the cat the casting in this film is spot on. I mean uh, Chris Evans does his job really well. Tommy Lee Jones is awesome in it. Haley Atwell's Haley good. Haley Atwell, I have a funny feeling it's gonna be one of those performances that women hate and men love. Uh, can, we or, the, or, can we hear from the other side of the gender divide? Because, because... You liked it, right? She's cool. She's because, because... Nod, uh, nod, you can nod. Yes, she was badass from the... We have it from the, 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 the audience. Right. Yeah, because I, I, another audience member didn't like her too much. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was just... This be the beauty queen from Mars. Yes. And I was sort of keeping quiet because, like, mm, maybe there's something wrong with me. Or maybe it's the fact that she just has huge knockers. <laughs> 
know? <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice use of uh, uh, era appropriate slang. Yeah. She, she, she certainly made me want to sign up. <laughs> oh. And uh, and then I read a, f- a bunch of other reviews, and like Harry Knowles' review of Captain America is like it's fucking long. It's like Haley Haley Atwell is awesome, <laughs> and she has huge knockers. Bigger than he does. <laughs> That's his criteria. I didn't mind her. I mean, like, uh, I I didn't think she. I mean. I thought the relationship between her and Steve was very good because it wasn't overly yeah. sold. Yeah. And, I, and I think Harry knows call it in his, I think, or it was another review saying that, you know, like unlike some of the other ones. Because in, um, in the Thor one that came out of nowhere, it's like they were just hanging out, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to plant this smooch on you. Yeah. yeah. Before they go to Asgard! <laughs> uh, I mean, for, for me, uh, Haley, she didn't bother me. I, I thought she was pretty good in it. But yeah. uh, then again, I think I would have bought another actress in it as well uh, and I think that's partly because as you were saying the way the the romance didn't feel that forced yeah um, and uh, the, the flag scene yeah that was clever I like that that, that was very clever and that show and again it shows his way of thinking outside the box yeah yeah and uh, Hugo Weaving also as Red Skull as uh, Johann Schmidt great I thought he was a little force isn't that, I mean when he's introduced he's already full skull I, no I liked him yeah. I, I liked him I, I, I thought it, I thought it, it was different than how I thought it would and be they, yeah I mean they didn't they did an origin story for Steve Rogers this is not a red skull the origin story I mean it's, it, it's hinted at and yeah. that actual you didn't see it in 3D right no the montage where it shows uh, Schmidt yeah, yeah, creation in yeah. 3D that was kind of cool because it's it, it, that was kind of like a 40s montage like done like of the time you know what was, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you'd have those like I don't know maybe I haven't seen is it the, the Heaven and Earth is it or the one with the, uh, Niven Hmm? The one with Niven, uh, David Niven, where he goes to he goes to heaven and he wants to come back and stuff like that. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, Stairway to Heaven or something like that. But I, I can imagine those kind of those floating, those floating vignettes, yeah, yeah. working in that with kind of you know Vaseline smudge between them kind of thing, cut mm-hmm. together by some poor editor. I thought that that fitted in very well with that kind of stuff. But it's not his origin story, so I thought it was just a bit forced. You didn't see. I didn't have any issues with it. I, I thought that was fine. Now, I did uh, like the fact that each of the show the three Nazis trying to open the case and he just goes up and pushes it over. Yeah, it's like yeah. they're subtly building up that he is a mm-hmm. one badass. You know, no, uh, yeah, I, I, it, that didn't really bo- bother me. Um, I, I kind of liked how all the characters were handled, like uh, like with Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark and uh, you know Stanley Tucci and Toby Jones, uh, Arnim Zola. Uh, Neil McDonough, I thought was cool as a dumb dumb dude. He just looks awesome. Yeah, he, uh, I mean the, the the Howling Commandos were great. You know, it was great to have them there. The thing that pissed me off was the montage in the middle. Yeah, I wanted the rest of the movie to be that. Yeah, I wanted to see Captain America and the Howling Commandos go to fucking town on Hydra Nazis. Yes, yeah. who also have the dumbest salute in history. Hail yeah. Hydra! <laughs> they double handing in the air. They look like they're at a rave. Yeah, <laughs> it's like hail Chemical Brothers. I love this tune. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I thought it was a good film. I didn't have any, um, you know, I didn't think it was a bad movie, but it just left me a little, un- I was slightly underwhelmed by, oh, by the overall experience. Hmm. Um, I felt that um, the editing felt very choppy. Really? Like, it felt like a kind of, dist- like, I don't know, some of the cuts oh, just... The end cut was terrible. Yeah, the end cut was really I had bad. a date. Boom. Yeah, no, the end cut was really bad, but not just that. It's like uh, it was almost at the end of Transformers. Yeah, so some of, some of the um, some I don't know. It's just like uh, the pacing of the film felt off. Yeah, I did get that. I mean, before that montage, it was like I was actually thinking when he faces across the, the first time they face across the Red Skull. It's like, yeah. oh shit, he's facing the Red Skull already. Is yeah. it actually going to end there? It's, and I couldn't tell how long it had been because the Steve little Steve stuff is quite long. It's quite long, and also the little Steve stuff. There are some scenes where. 
um, the, the, where the effect is pretty seamless. Mm. But there are other scenes where it, it looks really distracting. Like, really? It look, I didn't it, notice it. I mean, they even slimmed his jaw down when he was little Steve somehow. I thought it was really well done. I didn't spot any joints at all. And I was looking. Really? I, yeah. No, I, unfortunately, I had... It was weird for me. It was like there were some bits where I'm like, yeah, that looks awesome. And then there were other bits where I'm like, that, that's really distracting. Hmm. It looks like a floating head on top of a... <laughs> it, wasn't as good, it wasn't as bad as Green Lantern. I didn't think it was that yet. It never got to that level. I thought the no. lighting the lighting matched throughout. Although during the montage, there was a lot of scenes where like he's jumping and stuff, but it didn't quite... Yeah. That looked a bit effective, like jumping off the tank and stuff. Yeah. No, the, um, it wasn't so much to do with... It wasn't the lighting. Uh, the skin tone and everything was fine. It was just the su- the, the size, mm. the ratio of the size of his head and the rest of the body just felt a bit weird for me. Mm. And I don't know, I guess maybe I was expecting a little bit too much. Uh, but, um, you know, it it didn't blow me away. Mm. I I didn't, I know, it was it was a good film. I enjoyed myself, but I wasn't like, wow. What did you think of the scenes when he was the USI, USO singing guy? That was, that, that was quite funny. Yeah. That was quite funny. And I know what... I loved his outfit when he went off the first time. Yeah. The leather jacket and everything. If you just yeah. stayed with that, that would be bad. That looked cool. Yeah. No, but what what I what I did like about it, I mean, and I mean, the movie gets a lot of things right. Yeah. You know, is that I love the evolution of the cost of the costume, and yeah. I and I love how they managed to show all of the various Captain America costumes. They found a way to actually get them all in there. Yeah. Uh, and I really really liked that. I I thought the film looked beautiful. I thought Alan Sil- Silverstreet's score was very classic. Yeah. When he a- when he when he comes back from rescuing the Holland, Holland Commandos. Yeah. And they're standing in that field all the tents yeah. no effect required that looked amazing yeah. I mean that's all I think we saw that in some of the earlier trailers where it's like it's it's Saving Private Ryan but it's got Captain America in the middle of it looking kind of normal yeah. and that was awesome no yeah and uh, and I and the way that the, the characters interact I liked the I liked the way that they handled uh, Bucky very well actually because Bucky Bucky is one of those characters he's like Robin yeah you know you could potentially never work but have him be the older guy the kind of the more yeah. rugged soldier yeah. and then to be downgraded yeah that also was, his Shall we say exit from the film? Yes, it's totally. They might set that up. It's unexpected, but I think that's because he, you know, in the Marvel universe, ice is magic. Yeah, yeah. So he did fall into. There was a lot of ice where he fell. Yeah. So you know, like, and you know, and as you see, yeah, there's a lot of those little things in there that, for if you're a fan and you're in the know, there are lots of these little nods. And when the cosmic cube does go cosmic, mm. it's pretty awesome. And um, that sets up that you know. The person who was using it at that time yes, yes. can return. Yes, I'm just I'm wondering why he wasn't in Thor. Yeah, exactly. Has he been <laughs> is he, has he been hanging out on uh, the the ice John's frost giant's planet planet for a while? Maybe you have. We don't know. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. But like, you know, but th- like I said, there's a lot to like about this film. Yeah. But as an overall as an o- as a overall experience, I was just I was. Like I said, I wasn't blown away, mm. uh, I, and, I, and I wanted to be. I really went into this movie wanting to love it, mm. uh, and I didn't. Well, I can go to the kind of thing about you know you can't overhype something. I guess. I mean, I went in not expecting that much, and uh, I, I enjoyed the whole thing. I really did. I mean, that montage scene, as I said, we just want. I want more. Oh yeah, no, that, that's I just it, more. and I think that's it as well. It's like uh, I, I wanted more Captain America. I wanted more Steve. I wanted more of that. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I don't know. It just felt like. It felt like they had, they, they had put so much time into trying to... Spend, Bit of little Steve. Yeah, they, they, they had spent so much time trying to make us understand just how awesome Steve Rogers is that they, they kind of shortchanged the Captain America bits. I don't I think the rest of it would have worked. Liked, I, would have liked to have, I would have liked a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, because, because Captain America... And I think that we all fucking know who he is. <laughs> The A doesn't stand for France. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how they handle um, 
all of these characters together in the Avengers. And what you were saying earlier about the Collider article, this is the movie most guilty of it. Yeah. I mean, Howard Stark's in it, but he's, he's, he's organic. But the ending of it was a bit... I thought they would just end Frozen and Ice. And the opening scene, again, threw me off a little bit. I didn't expect that. Yeah. I thought it would end with... Because uh, that was a bit abrupt going from... It didn't even say present day or anything. It just went. It just showed that, and then it went straight to 1942. I mean, I liked that in the sense that that's right out of the Ultimates. Yes. But I didn't like it in the sense that I felt that they shortchanged the emotional buildup of what had come before. You know, like, of, of him... You know, like after the big, you know, like between not knowing what was going to happen yeah. to him, he was expe- he was expecting a death mission. Yeah, that exchange, that, that his last exchange between uh, between him and Peggy, you know, by having the the is it the, the epilogue. They've already removed the 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 the, conf- the, the drama, the danger, yeah, the, the threat. I, I, and I felt a little shortchanged by that. And it also it looked like that last bit uh, looked slapped on. It just looked bit. messy. That looked like a post teaser bit, yeah, uh, post credit bit. Unlike the what do you think of the post credits bit? Uh, it, it, it looked it look good. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, no, I mean, we, we've been building up to this for so long yeah. that, you, I mean, nothing is enough. Yeah. Nothing is enough anymore. It's like, I saw that teaser and I'm like, awesome, I want more, I want it now. Yes. You know, uh, can't wait. I, I'm, I, I, I'm, you I'm, can't hardly wait. I'm done with these fucking uh, 30 second bits yeah. <laughs> of, of cu- you know, like, and it's, I did like him punching the bag. That yeah. shows, because. They didn't really show that in the trainers and stuff, but he's not just strong. Yeah, he's, he's super soldier he's super strong. strong. I mean, and that, the, the shield stuff was well done, I thought, as well. I mean, throwing it off a tank and taking the guys out from the back. Nice. He, does he, he doesn't really use a gun much through the movie. No, not really. It's great. I yeah. thought that, again, just it made, and the shield felt totally natural. Yes, very nice. Anyway, like, like, uh, like I said, it's a good film. It yeah. just didn't blow me away. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I got to see Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I, I don't know if there's, you know, like if I, if I was just in a very funny st- frame of mind when I saw it or what, but I loved this film. Yeah? <laughs> I was, uh, I mean like... Uh, so, it's not even out yet, so you should give it a little... Uh, what, 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 it, 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 the rise of Planet of the Apes, but what, what, how, how does it start? Well, I mean, it's, okay, I mean, it's, it's, it's a prequel um, to the Planet of the Apes. Um, if you need to know more about that movie, then you really shouldn't be listening <laughs> to this podcast. Uh, Planet of the Apes, 1960s classic, featuring one of the best bad Charlton Heston performances ever, ever committed to screen. Get your hands off me, you damn, yeah, dirty damn dirty ape. ape. <laughs> okay, this one, um, it's, uh, it, it charts the sort of like the rise of Caesar, uh, the Roddy McDowell character. Um, no, no. <laughs> yeah, Caesar, who was the, basically the guy who, who started the ape revolution. Yeah, the intelligent ape race. The, the intelligent ape race. And um, James Franco uh, plays, um, uh, plays a guy called, uh, his character's name is uh, Will. And uh, he's, he's essentially the guy who starts, starts everything. He starts all of it. Uh, for the last, at the beginning of the film, when we meet him for the last five and a half years, he has been um, developing a drug called AZ-112. Uh, in the hope to find a cure for Alzheimer's. NZT. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which uh, his father, played by John Lithgow, uh, suffers from. Uh-huh. Um, so naturally, they're testing, the, they're testing the drug on apes, and one ape in particular um, reacts very positively to it. And this, this, uh, this, this, this monkey's known as Chimp Number 9. Mm. Uh, and this happens like right at the beginning of the movie. Right at the beginning of the movie, they see this one particular ape who um, just somehow is just responding to the drug really well and is 
fixing, doing all these crazy ass problems and solving all these like uh, riddles and shit. And so the, James Franco sees this and he's like, fuck, I've been busting my ass for five and a half years. Finally, we've got something. Get the board of directors. Yeah. I mean, it's not so much him. It's more like um, the gut, like the, the money man, the businessman. Yeah, yeah, they want to see a return on investment. Yeah, they want to see a return on what's going on. So when they set this meeting up, everything is very impressive. James Franco's like, we found the cure to Alzheimer's. Uh, and so naturally, everyone's like going ape shit because they go like they see like ape shit. Did you see that? Did you do that purpose? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got dollar signs in their eyes. Zing. And uh, so they need to bring chimp number nine down mm -hmm. um, to sort of demonstrate like what this chimp can do. And when they try to bring chimp number nine, now chimp number nine goes ape shit. Mm. <laughs> and like literally, just like like start smashing shit up. She won't let anyone near her. Uh, and. This is a very cool opening sequence where you just see chip number nine wreck havoc on the lab and like a go through and literally crashes the boardroom meeting. Nice. <laughs> and before she can take out a board, uh, uh, a member of the board, um, security guard shoots her. She does. Uh huh. And uh, and so like so when that happens, everyone's like you know kill all the chimps, put all the chimps down because they're all fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when and then and then when uh, once all the so they put all the chimps down, and then they find in chimp number nine's uh, room uh, that she had given birth, oh. and that she wasn't actually being aggressive; she was being protective. protective. So, James immaculate Fra conception. James Franco gets told, like, I guess she was already pregnant when they when they brought her in, uh, and so all of the effects of um, AZ twelve one twelve have imbued the baby with. Yes. Oh. So so uh, that baby is Caesar, mm -hmm. and uh, James Franco's character is basically told either you take him home or we put him down. Mm. Uh, but even the take him home is like on the down low. Mm -hmm. So he takes him. He takes him home, and uh, the relationship develops between John Lithgow and and the and Caesar. Uh, and James Franco starts to uh, administer the drug to his dad, and uh, and his dad starts to recover. And it's basically the first uh, first quarter of the film is essentially a, a character piece of family drama. Between James Franco, John Lithgow, and Caesar, mm. um, a lot of uh, what what the, a baby. what the trailer doesn't show you is um, uh, what uh, is the, the trailers have focused on the on the on the rebellion. Yeah, they haven't really. Th they've left out like a lot of the early part of the film, which well, the is. Well, last trailer they released did show some of the John Lithgow stuff. Yeah, well, uh, John Lithgow. John Lithgow's great in this. I mean, yeah. like the the cast are all very solid, but John Lithgow is the one that has the most acting to do. Uh, because of you know because he's suffering from Alzheimer's and he plays it beautifully mm -hmm. like there's this one bit where he's like you know like where, where are my car keys I can't find my car keys and J James Franco is like you don't drive anymore dad and uh, the way John Lithgow plays that moment of complete helplessness you know it's like it's very very nice it actually kind of reminded me of like my nan you know like with her dementia and stuff it's mm -hmm. like this it's like sort of like I know you're right why did I why was I looking for them that yeah. that sort of like confusion. realization that yeah. things are not right that that was. Uh, Really, pretty crazy. But the the first part of the film is essentially the relationship, like bringing up Caesar, mm. and um, the and how close they get as a as a family unit. Including James Franco, he's not just a hot shot asshole. No, James Franco's character is actually a very, you know, he's a nice guy. Oh, cool. He's a nice guy. He's not a dick. I mean, he's doing what he's doing because he wants to save his father. He's not, uh, he's not Osborne. No, no, he's not Osborne. Uh, Frida Pinto comes in later in the film and she becomes the uh, the love interest. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Felton, uh, Draco Malfoy. Oh yeah? He's in it. He's playing Draco Malfoy. Is he still blonde? He's still blonde. 
He's essentially playing Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Corporate, corporate Malfoy, is it? Uh, he's the guy who runs the. Uh, the he's he's the guy who uh, is the son of the guy who runs the shelter where where Caesar eventually gets put. Uh -huh. um, and uh, the guy who runs the shelter is uh, played by Brian Cox. Oh, nice. I mean, one thing about this movie is that Rupert Wyatt, the director, and I'll get to him in a, in a, in a bit, is that he has he has surrounded all of his actors with good people. Yeah. Even like the really small roles are played by people like Brian Cox. And so it's a very well-acted film, even though not all of the roles are that demanding. Yeah. Like Frida Pinto's character isn't the most demanding character, but one thing that's nice about all the characters is that all of these characters have a reason to be there. Yeah. And they're on service of the story. But what's but what I like most about it is that essentially this is a film about Caesar. Mm -hmm. This is not the all of the humans are pretty much supporting characters, in, in, including James Franco. This is uh, this this movie is it's all about the apes. Yeah. <laughs> um, From chimpanzee to chimpanzee. Andy Serkis deserves Andy Serkis deserves an Oscar. Really? He deserves an Oscar for this. So does the effects team. This is the, the marriage between actor and effects is seamless. seamless. Uh, and what's great about it is that all of the apes, ha um, I never at any point was confused about which ape I was looking at. Which ape was which? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, even though they're not given names, yeah. Caesar's the only one with a name, you always know which ape you're looking at. And the, all, all of these, like, um, and all of the like uh, the the sort of like uh, lead apes have lead, lead ape characters are given moments to establish who they are who they are so every time you see them again from that point on you're like yeah yeah oh oh fuck oh that's yeah. the angry guy that's the comedy guy that's the whatever guy yeah you know so that is done very very well um, and once you take into consideration that every, pretty much every single shot in this film has an effect in it yeah Rupert Wyatt has done an amazing job this is his second full length feature after doing The Escapist. Fuck. So he has gone from independent, gritty prison break film to huge tentpole effects filled, like a. Yeah, but it's not, it's not quite a blockbuster though. It's a blockbuster with thought, right? It's a very. I mean, does for, it turn for, into an action movie near the end? It turns into a. It turns into a siege movie towards uh -huh. the end. It's not an action movie, but there's massive, like massive sequences. It that, doesn't end well, does it? It's well, you know. I mean, how do they? Ha I mean, being as vague as you can, how can they? How do they handle? It is the rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. How, how do they handle that? Um, exactly how, I mean, it's... it's uh, someone blow up the Statue of Liberty? <laughs> it's, it's, no, 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 it's nothing like that. It takes place in San Francisco. Oh. Um, without giving too much away, I mean, it's a siege. That, mm. should, that should tell you pretty much what happens is that... Um, what's, what's, I mean, it's the thing about the, the character of Caesar is... Hang on a second, let me just talk a little bit more about Andy Serkis. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Okay, I mean, I don't know like how much trouble they had to go through to like really just researching and creating the apes, and you know, it's it's like they all have such subtle and distinct looks and personalities, and um, it's a little distracting at the beginning of the movie because you know their effects, yeah, and it takes you a little while to just sort of like it's like fuck because you just can't believe they're they they look real, mm. you know, and uh, but after about five minutes, they got your buy-in. After after you, after about five minutes, you just forget about it. Um, at any point in the film when I did sort of was made a, uh, did sort of remember that it was effect is because something happened that I couldn't believe wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like how the fuck did they get the monkey to act like oh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's uh, it's it's me. just it's just so impressive like uh, that uh, that Rupert White can go from the escapist to this sort of film. Yeah. The action is staged with 
the kind of clarity that's becoming extinct in in the era of wide angle trans see what's going on transformers and battle los angeles i mean mm. you, again the action you know what's going on and there are some and there are some beautiful sequences with caesar just like fucking playing around on the trees and everything that are just realized very very well and another thing that is that this movie takes place over the span of quite a few years oh it's not just like it's not just like oh that's a flashpoint yeah, it's not just like, oh, Caesar is like, uh, they bring him on and then suddenly they treat him like shit. Mm. It's like, uh, the movie covers a period, like a set six, seven year period. Uh, and what's, uh, and the thing is, you, you completely identify with Caesar because it's not, the, the monkey, like Caesar doesn't rebel. It's not a monkey, he's an ape. The, Caesar doesn't rebel because he's treated like shit. That's not how the rebellion starts. Oh. The rebellion starts because Caesar is too intelligent to not to, to not be aware of the fact that he is entitled to more. Oh. You know, it's uh, because he's so fucking smart. All of the things that Caesar has issues with are things that would piss anyone off. Hmm. He doesn't want to be treated like an ape. Yeah. He wants to be treated like a normal person. He doesn't want to have a leash around his neck. He doesn't want to sit in the trunk. <laughs> you know, it's like he wants to see... I like sitting in the trunk. It's like he wants to see the world. He wants to be perceived as, as normal. He wants to wear and, a suit and tie. Yeah. You know, he wants, you know, he, uh, he wants companionship. It's these things that... It's these things that, like, when... Inalienable human rights. Yeah, it's, it's such a fundamental human, uh, hum, uh, human need that you, by the, time the, by the time the siege happens, you're like, that fucking time! You're on the side of the apes. You, you completely side the apes. Even though, you know, I mean, like, like James Franco and Frida Pinto and John Lithgow, they're, they're good. They're good guys. Um, but the rest you, of humanity are dicks. You totally understand why it happens. Yeah. Because you know you brought this upon yourself. You made the, you made the ape smart. Yeah. By making the ape smart, that naturally that ape is gonna want to be fucking have the same shit that you have. He wants his own phone line. You know. <laughs> he wants a TV in his room. There you you go. know. These are things that people want. And it's and it's done with a lot of respect and intelligence. For a summer film, this is a very this is very intelligent fare. Sweet. Uh, so yeah, I would. Highly recommend it. You know, I mean, I was at a press screening and people clapped at the end of the film. Yeah. So that's usually Which is a nuts. pretty good sign. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts um, for. But uh, it's it made me want to watch Planet of the Apes again as soon as the movie was over. Uh, so that is, in my opinion, that's you know it's going to freak you out when you see their masks and they can't really move their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and to me, that's the that's to me that's that's the sign. That's the sign of a good prequel. Yeah, you know, and um, Tom Felton, he's got the best line in the movie. I won't say what it is, but he's got the best line in the movie. Cool. Um, I mean, so of, Harry of course, Potter. Of course, it's it's not a it's not a perfect film. Mm -hmm. Some of the scenes do go on a little too long, and some of the lines are a little bit cheesy here and there. Mm -hmm. But doesn't happen too often. Um, there is a couple of odd decisions, like uh, the the decision to uh, for. Like the decision where James Franco comes comes clean to Caesar about where he came from and who his mother was and everything, but he does it at the same time as telling Frida Pinto this, and that feels very weird mm. because it was like a script making decision. We have to we have to fit this into one. Yeah, thing. that that does feel very weird because, and then again, like this is after Caesar has been living with them for a number of years now, mm. and you're getting to that point where it's like you see like at the beginning where have they told him why he's so hairy. No. Daddy, why am I so hairy? It's like at the Why am I not like other boys? You do get this sense like at the beginning where um, you know, Caesar's tired of being cooped up in the house and so um, they take him to the woods, you know, and he climbs up he climbs up on the trees and you and they have this montage where you see him climbing up as a young ape and he's like happy all the you know, like uh, 
like you know they're full of joy and everything and then you just see him over the span of a few years as he's growing that he's getting more and more fed up of climbing the fucking tree <laughs> you know and 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 he's at the top of the tree and from the top of the tree he can see san francisco like the the you know, with the Golden Gate Bridge, and, and he he's just, never been to Starbucks. He just has this longing look on his face where he's just. Tired. I really want to go to Alcatraz. You know, and he goes and he looks down, and James Franco's lying down at the feet of Pinto. He's like, so like, you just have like the yeah. sense that all of this started because of the most basic thing. It has nothing. It, it didn't wasn't so much about being experimented on and yeah. prodded by humans. Mm. It was about being given this being given the ability to think like a normal person but not being given all the other things that's a, that's a very intelligent summer movie yep awesome yep so yes I would uh, highly recommend it I mean it's 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 definitely a much better um, last Planet of the Apes movie to have uh, in the canon uh, rather than Tim Burton's film fuck yeah <laughs> so yeah sweet I highly recommend it Okay, well, I'm gonna, mm. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna talk about Hannah, which is directed by uh, Joe Wright, who directed Atonement, Pride and Prejudice, and The Soloist. Um, easy, Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Watch that first step, it's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hannah is, um, the trailer showed as kind of a baby born. Uh, in, in a way uh, you're first introduced to Hannah hunting in the snow on her own and it's like it does look timeless you don't know, there's no intro there's no ending given it's just the, the title characters those big she, fucking letters she is being trained to be the most awesome child assassin on the face of the earth by her father Eric Bannon yeah you haven't seen it I haven't seen it but I've written about it's it it's my review shut up <laughs> shut your cake hole shut your ape hole get your hands off continue my, get your hands off my review you damn dirty ape <laughs> So uh, you first introduced her hunting a stag in the in the just the snowy wilderness, and um, there's no indication of what the fuck's going on. And her father be turns up and beats the shit out of her. Oh yeah. Like it's like they have just have a dragged out fucking fight, and um, you f you slowly learn that it is the modern age. They're not fucking cavemen, and um, you know she has been living in this wilderness with her dad for some unknown reason, mm -hmm. um, and um, he reads to her from encyclopedias over the night, but she's. She's well trained in the world, well trained in, in like uh, book knowledge and well trained in fighting, mm -hmm. but she doesn't know much else. Like in the middle of reading an encyclopedia entry to her, she's like, "But what does music feel like?" Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, this is a soundtrack by the Chemical Brothers, which plays nicely with that because the music. Awesome. I've heard that the music is awesome. I, I bought the soundtrack as soon as I got home and went to the gym and just was running. It was great. So um, she talks about she's this kind of this kind of oblique talk about she's being ready for something. And her dad goes out into the snow, digs up a box, and there's a transponder in it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what is it? Oh, also, they're German. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Papa, what is going on, Papa? Papa? Mm -hmm. So, uh, what is this? And it's like, if you flick that switch, Marissa Wiegler will, will come. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. And you're not explaining what who Marissa Wiegler is or any of this kind of shit. And um, she eventually tells her dad, you're ready. He goes out hunting, says, will you come hunting today? He's like, not today, Papa. And then he, she goes, he goes out and she flicks the switch and so he gets his shit ready and he leaves. The SWAT team turn up. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that like, Hannah's mom was killed by this woman. And she's been raised by her father and now she's on a revenge trip. Mm -hmm. And uh, like she ends up in this, um, she's, she's got a mission basically. I don't want to say too much what that mission is, but she's got a mission. Mm -hmm. She's trained all her life for this mission. In the first half of the movie, 
she thinks she's you know the SWAT team come because they're like looking for this guy because he's CIA he's ex CIA agent and he's been missing for god knows how many years and it's like we should take this guy we've got to bring this guy in mm-hmm. so they, they go to the house they can't find her dad so they bring her in and she also kills about three of them um, they bring her in and then she thinks she's achieved her mission and she escapes that place and it turns out she's in Morocco so she has a plan to get back to meet with her dad um, she didn't quite fulfill her mission so Kate Blanchett plays Bruce Beagle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it's all about um, Hannah trying to get back to her dad and also Kate, uh, Kate Blanchett trying to get her and um, she's trying to kill but doesn't know what life is you know yeah. like just some just like it's a really poetic movie Especially with the music, because like the Chemical Brothers, it's very much around this. It's a lot around the, the time of uh, I'd say "Hey Boy, her, Hey Girl" and um, Black Rock and Beat style. Mm-hmm. But also, like for the bits of Morocco, there's a very Arabic enthused beat to the background, and mm-hmm. you know you see her walking through Morocco and seeing the place. And these are all places she's heard about. She's never actually been there, and just like a TV, mm-hmm. she's never seen a TV before. So there's a, there's a sense of innocence, and they 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 play, they play that up quite a lot. And music matches that beautifully. Like there's just lots of beautiful shots. There's a couple of beautiful shots of her in a car with the sun behind trees, behind her hair, and just head out the window with some mm-hmm. smooth beats playing, mm-hmm. which is really really sweet. Um, uh, so Marissa hires this German guy to you know she's got she's CIA. She's going after the dad. She's like everyone, don't worry about the kid. Mm-hmm. But the kid's a stone cold killer. Yep. Um, and this guy, is this, <laughs> you know the guy in the Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, the guy who ho- ho- holds Davy Jones' locker? Uh, can't quite remember. He's a bit of a cunt. You know that guy? I don't, I don't really remember the Pirates movies that well. I, I'm not a, not a fan. He was the guy who basically was like running, he, he wanted to hunt down and kill all the pirates. Okay, yeah, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help you. But he's the late. <laughs> You're no fun. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Depp, uh, no, 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 Price McKenzie Cook, uh, Tom Hollander. Tom Hollander, okay. So Tom Hollander <laughs> plays this guy, and I mean, visually, again, it comes back to what we were saying earlier. About, I was saying earlier about the the outfits with regards to the um, what was it? I was talking about earlier the like the like the Anderson movies where they have an outfit that, that very much defines them. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Kate uh, Blanchett is defined by her shoes. Oh yeah. And this guy is defined by the fact he's got bleach blonde hair. He's slightly overweight and he wears like leisure suits. Mm-hmm. And when he's introduced, there's an awesome tune playing. It's called uh, "The Devils in the Details," and it's like he's at a strip. He runs a strip club, so he's just like this leisure suit. He's this leisure suit, leisure suit Larry kind of guy, mm-hmm. and he's got two skinhead Nazis as his henchmen, mm-hmm. and he's going looking after the kid mm-hmm. because he's the uh, you know he can do the dirty work. Uh-huh. And um, he whistles this when you when you're introduced to him mm-hmm. he's got this transsexual uh, girlfriend boyfriend who's doing a dance and there's this kind of like weird german poppy music christmas time music playing uh-huh. and he whistles that throughout so you know when you know when hannah's like hiding and you hear this you know shit's about to go down yeah and there's even one point where he's spinning a metal bar and the beat is the metal bar hitting the ring on his finger mm-hmm. so it's very stylized and very very stylish to to see that um uh, parts movie, but she's basically trying to meet her dad, and there's like her dad's Eric Bana. He gets a lot of cool stuff as well. It is, as I said, it's it's very born. It's it also feels that way by born that it's it's also in Europe or Morocco and Africa as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's unusual to see an action movie set in those places these days. That's not James Bond. Yeah, and it's it's cool to see them going around Germany and going around these other places. Like the CIA are involved, but it's, it's not much in 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 the, in, in the U.S. at all. So it's a really cool film. Very cool. Okay. I would highly recommend it. The soundtrack's amazing. And just what's going on 
in time with the soundtrack works perfectly well and it has that beautiful thing as well where the first line of the movie is the last line of the movie excellent and it fits beautifully that's very nice um, and it just ends with like gunshot Hannah <laughs> cool just that big fucking logo have you seen the big logo I think it was yep. Jock yep. or someone yep. did like a load of posters for it one of those yep. artists from 2018 you'd love this fucking movie excellent so, no I, I want to see it I want to see it you gotta see fucking Hannah so I would highly recommend it. I mean I'm I don't know how long it's going to be out here. I don't, I don't think it's out anymore, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that didn't last very long. No, but if you can get to see it, go see it. It's really good. I just, it's, it's a little bit out there. It's not, it's like born with a little more of a trippy twist to it. Mm. But it's very, very, very good. Cool. I'm going to finish up then with uh, Harry Potter and the Deadly Hallows Part 2. I haven't seen this yet. Yeah, but you saw the last one. I saw the last one, yeah. So it's, it, it, the movie that would not end. It's fucking, it's weird, man. There's more of these now than there are Star Wars movies. I yeah. Uh, There's eight of these fuckers. Yeah, I know. I've heard that. I've heard that you shouldn't see this in fucking 3D because the movie was shot at night and 3D just dims everything up. A little bit, but not so much as Parts of the Caribbean. Parts of the Caribbean for couldn't care less was um, ridiculous. You couldn't see what was going on. In this, you, we could definitely you could make it out, right? They, it, it may be night, but it's well lit night. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is basically the battle for Hogwarts. Yep. And. It's badass. Excellent. No, no. Just, I, just, I, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I've seen all the fucking movies. I, I want to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't know, you know, Harry and Harry and Co. Got to find the Horcruxes, which is where bits and pieces of um, Voldemort's soul are. Yeah. Um, although there's a twist with regards to the final Horcrux. But the last one, as far as I know, is in Hogwarts. They got to go back to Hogwarts, which is now run by the Death Eaters, mm-hmm. and is being run by Snape. <laughs> and he's just Alan Rickman again, just fucking dripping with sarcasm and evilness and uh, all it takes is Harry and a few people turn up and the Order of the Phoenix turns up as well and it's like right and snapes out the fucking window like a, like a, a light and just seeing McGonagall kick ass is <laughs> well worth it see Professor McGonagall uh, what's his name uh, Hagrid gets a bit of short shrift he's hardly in it at all yeah well even in uh, Deathly Hallows 1 yeah. he, he just had that bit in the beginning and that was it and even things like Jim Bodbrent is just in the background I mean they, they, they have the most we talked earlier about tapestry they have that would you just stop doing your email <laughs> how rude <laughs> uh, you know this <laughs> I'm letting you get on with the, your ba- the background tapestry to this movie is so rich like Emma Thompson's in it for like 30 seconds excellent playing that character with the big glasses uh, Miriam Margiles turns up and you know Wicked Davis Warwick, uh, Warwick W. Davis is in it for a little bit as well and you know everyone who you've seen in these movies turns up for a little bit even um, David Toulis um, uh, Gary Oldman's for a little bit mm-hmm. um, you know everyone comes back and it is just a fucking badass fight excellent and also Neville Longbottom yeah, I hear that he... Uh, he's the next John McClane. <laughs> and also, he's had a fucking grog spurt. He looks like he's about <laughs> 10 years older than the rest of the cast. I don't know. And even like in Deathly Hallows 1, he's got one bit in the train where he's like, he's not here, losers. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking... Uh, he's yeah. going up. This is, I mean, there's a great scene where all this shit's going down. He's like, have you seen Luna? Why? Because I think I'm into her and I think I should tell her because we might not live till dawn. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just perfect. And he ends up getting some of the coolest scenes throughout. No, I've, I've heard that Neville Longbottom kicks ass in, yeah. uh, in, in this movie. Ginny Weasley, Ginny Weasley gets a bit short-tripped as well. She's not in it for much. I mean, this must be the love of Harry's life, but, um, you know. And uh, Ron and Hermione get some nice stuff. There's some, there's some good shit going on there. there is. There's, a, there's a little bit of a role reversal where it's like, because it's finally, after building all this crap up, I mean, I fucking got lost on how many horcruxes there are. And, you know, we all got a bit lost between four, five, and six. Which we, we, which was the one with the with the the, the first Horcrux, and when, when were they on the rock by that cliffs? I can't remember when that was. Or okay. it gets a bit muddled. Yeah, muddled. 
Um, but they go back to the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, not the Chamber of Secrets, the one with the, the basilisk. The Chamber of Secrets. Was it? No. The Chamber of Secrets. That wasn't the Chamber of Secrets. The one with the snake, the snake yeah, room. Yeah, the Chamber of Secrets. No, I can't fucking remember. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Chamber of Secrets. But it's like, there's a nice thing with the snake door. Yeah. And like, it's Ron and Hermione are going to find something that they might be able to destroy the Horcruxes with. And like, Ron goes up and uses Parcel Tongue. And it's like, you know Parcel Tongue? It's like, Harry speaks in his speak. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a point where, there's a point where Ron says something. It's like, oh yeah, that's like last year. We did, you know, Ron's usually the one who's like, whoa. And Hermione's usually the one where like, we did this in class last year or whatever yeah. like that. And there's a moment where Ron explains something to Hermione. She's like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so they do get a lot of nice moments. There is a lot of running in this movie as well. Yeah. And Harry does get slightly separated from the rest, but that's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant, Harry. In that he gets to take on the mantle. It's no longer the boy who lived. It's now the boy who kicked ass. Oh, cool. No, I, I am looking forward to this because it is a long time coming. Yeah. And I, no, he does get knocked out again once. But um, as usual, he always gets knocked out in these fucking movies. The guy has a head made of polystyrene. But, um, you know, people are now... He, like, he got, he's got something to do. McGonagall's like, go do what you got to do. There's no, like, mothering or, yeah, you know, yeah. trying to figure out what's going on. It's like, go do your shit, Harry. What, what do you need? He's like, I need you to buy as much time as possible. We'll do that. I'm going to... Fuck it, yeah, bring it on. Cool. And, and uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of heavy shit in this movie. And there's one character who gets, it's brilliant. There is a, I mean, if you've read the book, you'll know this, but there's one character who gets a new light shone on their entire history throughout the series. Mm. And it's on your t-shirt. And, uh, <laughs> and it's genius. Right. It's, and it's really, filmically, it's done very well the way they've done it. Now, I understand that. I, I think that's slightly, it's done slightly different from the books. Right. Yeah. No, I've heard that the uh, that the they shortchanged the darkness is that the books are actually darker. Really? The, there's also uh, I didn't realize till afterwards. There's a scene apparently where Harry gets to make a speech at the end of Hogwarts, and I was listening to, uh, at the end of the battle or whatever, and I did hear like some uh, reviewers saying, you know, when when he signed up for it, he was probably you know you know they highlight you go through, go through book highlighting the, the good sections. That would be the section. Was like that's my fucking Oscar. Yeah. And they didn't do that. So I don't know what's in that speech, but I, I want to go find that out. I'm, I'm actually now kind of interested to read the books to see what we missed. Well, have you read any of the books? Uh, I think I started in the first one. I got from I've, I've read the first four. Four, yeah? Yeah. Good? Yeah, good. Hmm? I mean, like, uh, the, uh, how I feel about the Harry Potter books and the Harry Potter movies is the very same. It's that I think that they're good entertainment. I've just never understood the phenomenon. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that they're... Too old. They're good. Yeah, maybe we don't believe in magic anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I believe in apes. <laughs> <laughs> apes are the way of the future. Literally. So yeah, but yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, I thought you missed out maybe going to see Captain America not in 3D. I do think it was Captain America was one of the better versions 3D movies that we've seen recently. But yeah, this you couldn't. It didn't really matter seeing Harry Potter in 3D. Yeah. But yeah, end of an era. Bit bit choked up at times. Um, and it's good seeing it. It's, it's good to see it in the cinema with a large audience who are into it. I mean, opening it wasn't opening weekend because opening weekend was packed here. But we saw the yeah. following weekend and there was a lot of gasps and. <gasps> Going on in the and that was that that adds to the whole yeah. mystique of the thing. So yeah, end of an era. No more Harry Potter. And oh, there's a there's a there's a. It's not quite post credits, but there's a later. There's a scene of grown up things. Uh huh. And uh, I won't say who survives, but there's a scene of those who do survive, mm. bringing the next generation to Hogwarts. Right, right, right. And uh, <laughs> I thought it was done quite well, but some of the party we went to see it with thought it was <laughs> freaky, because they did use the original actors. Yeah. And 
but they do them in certain ways like they have adult haircuts right or right, they're right. wearing very adult clothes right. or have like way more stubble or are fat and with a comb over right okay. i'll tell you after no i won't tell you who has fat and the comb yeah, over yeah. you can already guess <laughs> is it wrong yeah <laughs> it's like harry looks the same but it looks the same oh look it's wrong nice fat <laughs> fat ron <coughs> Draco Malfoy looks weird. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. But it's 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 an interesting thing, and you should see that because it's like the reverse of the X Men Three thing with Patrick Stewart and um, Ian McKellen, where they they I don't know how much of it is prosthetics. I don't know how much of it whatever. I don't know how much of it just lifts in their shoes to make them look taller. Mm-hmm. But it, I thought it was very well done. It was really nice touch, and you know it's well worth it. That's that's a nice fitting send off to the end of. It. So yeah, farewell to Harry Potter. Harry. I can't wait for the prequels. Um. <laughs> What, when he was an embryo? I don't know. No, <laughs> no what is it? What were, what, were, what were we thinking about? Oh, yeah, I want to see uh, Hermione and Ron set up a detective agency. <laughs> okay, let's The Mudblood, Mudblood Detective Agency. This is a long cast, so we'll finish up quickly with the US box, Malaysian box office top 10, starting in Malaysia. Number 10, Larry Crown. Number 9, Take Me Home Tonight. Number 8, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Number 7, Hannah. Go see this. Number six, Flat 3A. Number five. Fiat 3A. Number, number five, Scenario the Movie. Ops, Pukat. Number four, Diva Tiro Magal. Number three, Wu Xia. Number two, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. And number one, Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part Two. Mm-hmm. And the US box office top ten. Number ten, Midnight in Paris. This is Woody Allen's highest grossing movie. Ten weeks on release, holy shit. Number nine, Bad Teacher. Number eight, Winnie the Pooh, which actually... I was into a review where they gave Harry Potter five stars because he was a fan, but they also gave Winnie the Pooh five stars because it's just, it's so adorable. <laughs> like, they don't fuck it up, which is it, which is interesting. I I'm actually want to see this. Number seven, Cars 2. I don't want to see this. Number six, Zookeeper. Number five, Horrible Bosses. Number four, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Drop, you fucker, drop. Number three, <laughs> Friends with Benefits. Have you heard any reviews? Uh, I've heard, like, middling. Middling, yeah. I've heard, they did I, look... I've heard the first half is good and then it just sells out. Uh, number two, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part two. Number one, Captain America. The first Avenger. All right, thanks for listening to us. If you made it this far, please send us an email at podcast with the subject line, we made it this far. Bye. Bye.